0: Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to the triumphant return of Dice Over Everything Long Form Podcast. So this is episode 99 after a super long hiatus.
1: Yeah, well, we're not going to be talking about Order 66 because that would mean we started playing Star Wars Legion, and you know, we're not about uh, we're not about to jump into that. But what we did do is go Yet, way back further. Yes,
0: that's for the summer, I
1: assume. <laughs> oh. I- I don't know. They haven't tempted me just yet, but I think we want to go back to like a different era where there was like rock music on the radio, and people were playing like grungy video games like Doom and like Wolfenstein, not these like newfangled, shiny, polished like cyberpunk and Overwatch and all that. No, no, no. we got we got to go back to the old school. We got to go back into the 90s here. Do, yeah, do you remember some those days?
0: We're still clinging on to uh, Super. Tall uh, mohawks as a thing that you could actually walk outside and not not feel weird. Wow, yeah, that's
1: no, I do remember people seeing people with mohawks back then. It's like, man, I haven't seen one of those in a while. But talking about that, have we seen a a good game from GW in a while, or do we have to go back for that? Uh, Yes, we have seen a good game. But we but we went way back, didn't we?
0: Yes. The original Necromunda from two thousand No wait. You could 1993? open the cover of that
1: book because it would tell you that's that's not just like a printout. Cause cause what I have here in front of me for quick start rules, this, uh-huh. this yes. very gray thing. This says twenty nineteen, but in reality it's from twenty seventeen. <laughs> they just reprinted it.
0: This is nineteen ninety-five. Necromunda. Mm-hmm. And so we just finished playing uh, a few games of the original Necromunda, and this is a long story and a long time coming. Do you want to? I think we've we've mentioned it a lot on the podcast. Yeah, uh, during we, the D6 minutes, as we've been trying to catch up, uh, so that we have the same number of D6 minutes as Dice Over Everything's. Yeah, because we've talked about we were
1: playing the Dark Uprising campaign. We built a bunch of warbands for that. Talked about painting it. And then we talked about yeah. getting halfway in and then just, like, hitting a wall. You know, like the wall where you try and go from the underhive to the spire and you just, like, <laughs> bounce off of it or get shot with, like, nope. weapons that are far beyond yeah. your, your crappy stubbers. Do not stubbers.
0: go. Do not collect $100. No. Don't, no. Yeah, don't, no, don't, don't, don't not. collect ammo. Yeah. Just, just get mowed this, down with pain. But Do you think it's in this era me. there's even, like, a demand
1: for a Necromunda game? Like, just thinking of, like, our shift... In, like, all that 90s grunge rock, the video games are all filthy to, like, what people are consuming now. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: There's a huge desire. So here's the crazy thing. I don't know if it's just nostalgia or whatever. Uh, I I mentioned this as well. Um, So there's Mordheim, which is the fantasy version of Necromunda. So Necromunda what makes it special. Just for people who have no idea what this cool-ass thing is besides an awesome cover. Mm Mm-hmm with Mohawks. And, and for those who are just listening and not watching, it is a very
1: nineties cover art <laughs> of the Goliath. In like it heavy is like metal, rock music, heavy band metal,
0: yeah. Get up, yeah. Exactly. Everyone ha- on the cover has Mohawks and they're all standing out there like bosses shooting guns randomly.
1: Mm-hmm. Alright, so, so, so
0: Mordheim, though, but Mordheim
1: hasn't got a resurgence. It has It has amongst the community, but not amongst the, like, the sales numbers, the bottom line.
0: Well, yeah, because it is not being sold, but it actually has, I think, had a bump up in terms of interest. Um, And I think it all is kind of uh, related, I guess. Um, So during the pandemic, a lot of people have, you know, a lot, there were a lot of new people who were, who tried Warhammer 40,000, right? Buying models and things like that. Um, But playing warhammer 40,000 takes a lot of models and a lot of effort the, the buy-in is huge so i feel like skirmish games where you're playing only with a few number of guys mm-hmm. is uh becoming has kind of like a secondary resurgence because you know people play the big stuff and they're like well this is too many guys <laughs> i want to yeah. play smaller guys i only ever painted 10 guys can we play game with, games with that and uh, so there's the there's kill team, but there's a lot of other kind of small skirmish games. And you look at the independent indie circuit, all of these skirmish games are coming in because those are the type of games that you can more easily get into. You have, they have you have an easier buy in, uh, and so all these new people are I think are moving more towards that kind of stuff. And then on top of that. The thing with Necromunda and Morton, why I mentioned it, is that it's a campaign like game where you collect your, you know, 10 to 20 guys uh, in your warband and then you play games and the guys that die, die. and The guys that survive gain more experience and become better. And you're kind of having the story, this uh, role playing like aesthetic that's going on. And that to me is this in some ways, maybe even the bigger deal. It's because Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games are blowing up huge. Like blowing up in the positive way. In nineties, blowing up means was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But but nowadays, um people a lot of people play RPG games.
1: Well even think of people playing like other games where they're like, Oh I gotta do my dailies to get all this extra loot and stuff like that, people aren't thinking of just like going in doing the one-off game. They're thinking, like at least the game makers are like, no, no, we want people to stay in this cycle rather than just doing one thing and dropping it to move to another thing. They want them like feeling like there's a sense of continuity and they're gathering stuff.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. and with RPGs becoming in many ways, I don't know if it's even. It, so I think a lot of people used to say, you know, back in the day that, uh, you know, we all can trace a lineage to Warhammer 40,000. Like we have a whole generation of gamers who got into miniature gaming because of Warhammer 40K or Warhammer Fantasy Battles, right? Yep. But in modern day, I think there's a lot of people who are coming into the skirmish uh, space from Dungeons and Dragons instead, and their kind of idea of what they want from a game is different than the people who come from Warhammer 40,000. And that kind of experience is a lot closer to the Necromunda campaign-style system where your guys level up and your band gets stronger than it is to, you know, you you, you fine-tune and, like, min-max an army list and then you play one-off games with a giant, huge army.
1: Yeah, it's not about, like, building your deck and then having the decks, like, face off against each other in Warhammer 40k. It's about more, like, development. The, In between yeah
0: yeah so i think because of that i feel like more time has had some sort of resurgence and of course there's also the nostalgia factor right when you're looking at it um i don't know there's just a, a big nostalgia for you know bygone eras and times gone past even not just for miniature games but just in general right nostalgia is super in even like with TV shows and things like that, I don't know, dredging up things from the past and redoing it and thinking there what's old is new and is cool again is like, I don't know, it's quite in.
1: Yeah, just like getting a new Mad Max movie lately, which actually harkens back to that like rock punk aesthetic of the 90s, and then Blade Runner going back and being like, yeah, pretty big hit that people are looking for that sort of stuff in the like
0: in the sphere of like action
1: oriented. Yeah. Entertainment?
0: Like I said, um, when I played, when I got into Mordheim, I had a weird like, quasi nostalgia where I'd never played Mordheim when I was young. I heard about it, right? But I would never played it. I bought a couple of miniatures that I actually just never painted either. Uh, but when the chance to, to play it came about because our local store decided to run a campaign, I jumped on it. I had this, like, secondhand nostalgia for a game I had never played, right? I just missed it the first time. Uh, and so I was not alone, actually. There's a lot of people. There ended up being, like, 20 people in the Mordheim campaign playing the original Mordheim from 2000 or 1999, uh, who a lot of those guys, some of them definitely had played it on the first go-round, but a lot of people played it because... Again, they just heard about it and they have the secondhand nostalgia and went and, and played it.
1: Yeah, like GW is the big player in the sphere. So when you look to like, okay, what game should we play? Like their games always make it into lists. If you're looking to play skirmish, and or we're kind of yeah. talking about campaign today, you're like, all right, there's Mordheim and Necromunda out there, and they've been they've been around for a long time,
0: and they have good lore yeah. behind them too. So like, yeah, in some I'm, ways, I think better lore than the overall like the overall like i don't know what you call it uh faction or galaxy spanning uh uh, empire versus empire yeah right necromunda is a lot tighter and i think in a lot of ways it's just supposed to be one city basically right one one necromunda i guess necromunda is just the one spire right and that's the setting of the story and because it's more dialed in there your characters are also more dialed in and so I feel like it's a lot more personal and in many ways, a lot a lot more interesting and fun than the the thing the galaxy spanning empires, especially considering that characters are so uh like named characters are so important in the larger game, whereas with Necromunda they have somehow I don't know if it's the people who play the game, it might actually be that uh but that. They remove those characters, and so the characters that you create become a much bigger center of the game.
1: Yeah, like it's your yeah. it's your warband. You want to feel like you are creating the characters yeah. rather than playing back some like other battle recreation. Like the historical people who play bigger battles, they're all like, oh, I got to recreate this battle. Like, nah, I'm, I want to create my yeah. my like dudes. I want to create a story for them. And when you're doing that, if you're trying to create a story for something, you really want like a a deep background to it to like fit your guys into yeah. but you don't want to have to be like, playing somebody else's story necessarily because it might not just like fit yeah. the whole theme
0: yeah that's the thing you get an ownership of it because of the uh, of not having you know named special characters you are naming the, but you do have named characters it's just they're named by you and you get to see your characters grow up to become awesome mm-hmm. at least that was the premise of this Necromunda and more as well yeah so i think we talked about You know, we we mentioned Mordheim, um, which has only ever had one edition. But Necromunda is a little bit different, even though Necromunda is many ways bigger than Mordheim. Something separates Necromunda uh, from the general other kind of nostalgic game games out there, and that is, it got a new version in 2017.
1: Yeah, and GW producing new versions of things sometimes works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So you always have to ask, like, would it be better to be playing, like, the edition before? And in the case of, like, 8th to ninth edition, you're like, no, nah, 9th edition fixed a lot of things. So, yeah, people are cool playing that, but if, say... No, they're not. Yeah, well, they're not cool. A lot cool of people for,
0: say 9th edition is, like the, like, the worst edition since 7th.
1: Sweet. They should just go back and play 5th, like, when we were... Or whatever was around in the 90s. There you go. let should just go full yeah, nostalgia. So
0: whatever what was out at this time. No, I think Necromanda was out during 2nd edition. 2nd edition yeah. was... Kind of weird. Yeah. 3rd yeah. edition, I think, was better. Yeah.
1: So that, different game. Different so game. that
0: brings up the question for
1: anyone listening to us about if they're thinking of getting started, like on a new campaign or just getting into the game, like what mm-hmm. version should you really play? So, so to answer the question, obviously, we had to... To do a deep dive into the into the
0: shallow end yes. of our Necromonda knowledge by playing a bunch of games of yes. both versions. We play both ones so that you don't have to. Uh, and so that you can kind of figure out. Like there's so many different Necromondas out there. Uh it's, and, there's, yeah.
1: there's Ash Wastes now, if you for some reason want to play a vehicular combat
0: version of a of a campaign, yeah. I I guess. Yeah. So so I guess the frame of this podcast will generally be contrasting and comparing the different Necromandas and then talking about which ones we like and what we like about both uh, about the many different versions and which ones we think, uh, you know maybe rating all of them and then coming to a conclusion of if you like Necromanda, which one should you play? Yeah, so I guess like Yak tribe is kind of
1: the like the big resource. For mm-hmm. where to go. If you want to use like their online army building programs. And. I think they've got like their, their forums there as well. That have lots of downloads for resources. And things like that. So they kind of set the tone. For what the, the two versions of the game are. Because when you go onto their site. And mm-hmm. you build your warband. You can choose to build the community edition version. Which is kind of like that book you just held up. Most up to date version. And then there's the. The, the main version they they use which was which came out in 2017 so i guess they refer to version, that as no it's called the underhive it's necromunda or necromunda underhive oh it's the underhive tools yeah yeah but when you go to their forums yeah. i guess the current version came out in 2017 so they call it like n17 in the forums if you're looking for that content so so yeah
0: so, that's, so, that's yeah, kind of so that might be a little bit i think we've become jumping around but let's make let's make it clear what are the different versions of Necromunda we're going to be talking about? Oh, well, it's basically. Oh, the... well, what are I guess what are the different versions of Necromunda, and then what are the versions we're going to zo- zoom in on because we actually played them.
1: Well, there's <laughs> and so the version. We have
0: some knowledge about them. There's
1: the version of the book you held up, but then there's the community edition. But I do a
0: historical thing where we just just go through and talk about each different version of Necromunda. I don't think that's necessary because
1: we're not suggesting anybody go near all the versions, so.
0: I, I think it's it'll be an interesting thing to go through though. hmm So why don't we why don't we just go through them so that everyone understands? Uh this is the original version. The first version that we talked about yep. is Necromunda. Do have we even described what Necromunda is in general? If people got here, I think they know what they're getting into. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true, but let's at least get let's give a one sentence thing. So our or whatever, one paragraph. Cole's nose thing. Necromunda is. You want to do it, or you want me to go through it?
1: Uh, if you want to, if you've made it this far and don't already know what Necromunda is.
0: All right. So Necromunda, I think we've already said it's a skirmish, uh, a skirmish combat game, uh, where you play a bunch of gangers set in a post-apocalyptic underhive, um, where basically all of the uh, You know the 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 rich denizens live in the spire uh, above this underhive and then uh it's this giant mad made huge city and it's just built upwards and on the first on the top levels that's where all like the higher you go the more rich you are and the more opulent your life and the lower you go the more work you have to do to kind of maintain the structure and at the very bottom is the underhive where lawlessness, like, the entire place is, like, there's there's no pol- police or rule of law. It's run by a bunch of gangs. And in the game, you play one of these gangs who have decided to go down from the slightly higher levels down to the bottom and try to control the, basically, it's the infra- infrastructure of this giant city. And by doing so, kind of make it rich. And so you play... You, you know you build your gang and, and you uh, play a bunch of missions against your friends where your your gang starts to you know tries to buy equipment or and gain experience to take over more territories and become rich and successful but most likely just gets injured and slowly dies. <laughs>
1: that yeah that's there can only be one so you
0: know yes exactly until maybe one gang or group kind of ends up kind of dominating um and the entire aesthetic like we said is a punk not a punk it's a punk rock. oh yeah it is punk it's rock, rock roll, punk, punk, metal yeah yeah metal kind of aesthetic um i think showed the cover here this is mm-hmm. the one of one of the covers um and so the aesthetic is You are basically you're not a super soldier, unlike the normal 40k. You're just a bunch of human gangers using guns. You all can barely like finding actual armor is super rare, so most of your guys don't have armor. You're running around basically naked, but you still get a whole bunch of guns and weapons and like that and like that to kill each other. You're not the most advanced
1: soldiers of the future. You're
0: in the future, but you don't have the money to get the power armor or the like exosuits. So you might end up being awesome, but relatively speaking, to let's say a platoon of guardsmen, you guys are garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of uh, a feel of the game. You know, you're, you're, you're. So uh, yeah, so that's the kind of aesthetic, uh, and it came out. The first version was in 1995, and it was basically kind of a hit because I think it was the first skirmish campaign game where, you know, you build up your guys and they gain experience and things like that. You kind of have that RPG-like progression of your guys um, as they get better and some people get injured and die, and then some people get enmity against the enemies, and you keep on playing that Uh, as and hopefully build up your warband right to get better weapons and stuff so that eventually they might be able to take on that platoon of guardsmen and be on even or maybe even slightly better footing Mm -hmm. you never fight guardsmen but you know that's the kind of aesthetic um yeah so it was a big hit actually when it happened and and you know we have some of uh, our friends who played it like they said you know it was really fun it was very different than you know just playing the normal uh warhammer uh second edition that was out at the time right or fantasy which was like a rank and flank game right yeah it was more like toy toy soldiers so yeah so um it was also pretty one interesting thing is that it was pretty uh, uh clean and tight because um back then games workshop actually play tested their games Yeah, and they wrote that in that book that you're holding. They said, we put (laughs) a lot of work into playtesting this. Yes, and there's like in the back mentioning a whole bunch of people who played even the first couple of playtests, right? Mm -hmm. And they said they playtested a whole bunch more. Uh, And so, you know, it was was quite a big hit. Um, And then uh, uh, there was a bunch of different, uh, I guess back then, you know, their White Dwarf thing. uh, uh, White Dwarf was the magazine, so there would be like, some updates and things like that and submissions and stuff like that in their in their magazine. Uh, and then they released the fantasy version, which was Mordheim, which was a big hit, right? Yep. Um, and then uh, the next thing was, um, oh, actually, they released the expansion book to uh, Necromunda, which is called Outlanders, I believe, which added five more factions to the game. And each of these factions was a little bit different, right? They had a little bit more like different equipment. So the first five factions, of the original Necromunda, they were basically the same except they could buy different equipment. So, unlike if you have played any modern, uh, uh, four Hammer 40,000 games, uh, you know, each faction is very, very different. They'll all have different crazy specials and stuff like that, right? In the original Necromunda, the first five warbands, uh, which were, uh, I guess Escher, we mentioned that Goliath, Dalak, Codor,
1: and Orlock. Orlock, yes,
0: yes. Um, so those bands they were basically uh, the same inter- from their base stats, right? You, like uh, except that they had a sl- access to slightly different equipment, and only when you leveled them up, they also what differentiated them is that they had di- access to different. Uh, level up uh, level up um, skills trees. yeah skills right and that was basically the only difference to the bands so it was a lot more you know similar right and in that mm-hmm. way it was a lot more tight right yeah it was easier to balance
1: that way obviously because you're like well yeah. you all start in the same spot so it can't start too unbalanced right
0: unless one piece of equipment is way more way too powerful but you yeah. know <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Uh, right. And
0: so what happened was they released Outlanders, which result five new, more out-there um, uh, factions. So then you introduced, I think, what is it? Um, you have Mutant Scavies. Uh, you have one of the most interesting ones was the... Uh, what are they called again? Oh, man. I had them. I should have written that down. Was from uh, the Yes, that's the most interesting one. They're like redemptionists, which were like uh, imperial cultists. There were uh, guys, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Ratskin Vigilant or or ratskins, but they were like, so normally ratskins are just like the normal population in the Underhive who basically run away from the gangs who actually control everything. But you can play a ratskin band, which uh, was a bunch of these ratskins who just whose homes had been destroyed by by gangers, so they decided to like fight back in revenge. And then the last one is the one we are talking about, which were uh, basically the idea is it's a bunch of rich kids from the from the upper highs with all of this amazing equipment who actually have equipment that like rival like space marines in terms of of, of Uh, ability and they basically go down to the underhive to hunt people for sport and that is uh the last kind of warband so that's the kind of thing that that they introduced which is a lot different um so overall from what i'd heard that people loved the game it was very thematic there was a lot of fun it was a kind of uh, 2001 um ad which was the judge dread-esque kind of thing and to be fair like Everything Games Workshop at that time was was uh, influenced by 2001 AD, right? This comic book, right? Uh, so Judge Dredd had a huge influence on the aesthetic of Necromunda, right? And those kind of stories. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so it was a, a really big hit. Uh, after that, they had I think their final release kind of was was a cleaned up version in 2005 where they like repackaged and re-released necromunda as like a definitive edition so it's kind of like a second edition right yeah of the original necromunda and they had i think they had a necromunda magazine going on for a little while until i think that finally died i think sometime in the 2000s so i don't think it made it 2010
1: But the 2005 version didn't really alter the core rules all that much. Like the core rules stayed basically the same, but there's probably just some tweaks.
0: Yes, uh, exactly. It's like a tweaks. Exactly. So you might say it's 1.5 edition, right? It's Advanced Necromunda, right? Uh, And then uh, sometime in between then, Mm -hmm. uh, because you know, uh, Games Workshop decided to let that go because – Historically speaking, um, the the CEO was kind of garbage, and he decided to focus all of the games into his two main money makers, which was um, fantasy
1: and 40K? fantasy
0: and 40k. And so yeah, all of the, the the small games were started were just like brushed under the rug, and they're like just focus on those things, focus on the money makers.
2: Yeah. So Necromunda
0: why- and stuff like that was canceled. Yeah, because why I sell guys a war band of 10 guys when you can sell
1: them an army of 150 guys? <laughs> yes, exactly. You've you, you got to think of the bottom line here. you got to yeah. be a good gang leader to, to lead Games
0: Workshop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so Necromunda kind of uh, was released from the support of Games Workshop. And however, because it has such a large uh, following, uh, it seems like uh, there there have been a number of people who kind of took up the mantle and started and basically uh, created a version of Necromunda to uh, like to to keep it up to date and to balance things and to clean it up as you know so many people were playing so many games right and there's so many different people who play. Um, uh, you know have their own house rules, to clean up rules, for example, to to have, have some, certain things that are too strong, right? And so um, the community so you, basically yeah.
1: So you're telling me that in 1995 people weren't just releasing new rule sets on the internet to fix
0: to fix things? No, nah, no, nah, it took around oh. I, I don't know when when it actually uh, I think it must have been around 2010, I don't know mm-hmm. uh, about that because at that point in time uh, I was not playing miniature games at that time, so I had a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but you know, because of that, afterwards, uh, once the internet became a thing, you know, uh, a community edition, community edition started becoming popular, like cleaning things up. Um, actually, the same thing happened with Blood Bowl, which is another game that gave us her Workshop dropped like a rock during that period, but had a huge following. Oh well, yeah, and just if you want the rules, like if they're not selling it. What
1: are you going to do? You've got to go online and find, like, something if you're going to play with your friends. So if you're going to find exactly. something, you might as well find the one, like, people were promoting because they're they're working on it actively.
0: Exactly. And so there was a... I think there were a couple of community editions, like, community um, curated versions of Necromunda. But ultimately, it seems like one version of community edition kind of won out in a similar way that what happened with, I think, uh, Blood Bowl, right? So it, what ended up happening is that there's a community edition uh, for uh, Necromunda that uh, got taken up by Yak Tribe, the thing you mentioned, which is the, I don't know how, where they named Yak Tribe, I, I don't know what whether that came, that that name came from, but Yak Tribe is basically the website, the uh, community-run website for Necromunda, and it's actually the website for Necromunda. Um, and if you go and you want to play the original Necromunda, they will encourage you to play this community edition version of Necromunda.
1: Yep, and so that is the version we went back to play for comparison to the one that we abandoned halfway through the
0: campaign. Yes, because and we'll get in. We could get into why we abandoned it later, but sure. Yeah, so uh, it would have been happily ever after in some ways. Except that in 2017, uh, I think it was it was a new CEO, right? New CEO came around. I think it's their current CEO, right? Mm-hmm. Is Kevin Roundtree, or is that the old one? I can't remember. No, I think I think that's the new one. Uh, he came out, it uh, came around, and they decided to go back, you know, to create, you know, their old games because they realized all these small like games were great ways to keep people who had burnout from the main game in their system, and also to recruit people. Who were not necessarily interested in their main games into the the pipeline, to hopefully end up buying a giant like you said 150 50 men uh, armies. So uh, one of the things that they decided to do when they decided to to create these specialist games, these small games again, was to re-release Necromunda
1: as a boxed game, basically
0: not as as a boxed game though, mm-hmm. which is different than the original games. The original game like we said was a campaign game the entire point of the game is you're playing as a campaign uh, you're building up your squad and you you know um, uh, and you kind of see the adventures of your gang as they grow or die right whereas the 2017 version of necromunda was originally released basically to sell models and use nostalgia
1: yeah it's kind of like putting out space hawk again which they do every once in a while
0: Yep, exactly. Actually the original Necromunda they released in two thousand seventeen was like a space hall game. It was two armies with full stats and the idea was you were supposed to play it like skirmish one off skirmish games. You're not supposed to play it as a campaign, and in fact the rules didn't even have campaign rules, I don't believe, in the initial box. It mm. was just for people who remember Necromunda and thought and liked the aesthetic. And they wanted to play the game. And basically what it did is it had rules for you to to basically build from scratch like a army, right? And that army would represent like not a beginner Necromunda camp- warband, but like a, a veteran warband that has been fighting for like, you know, that, that would have been the equivalent of playing 10 games in the original game. And then you just assemble that right with some tweaks and you fight against your opponent who also then builds from scratch a veteran warband and it's supposed to be one-off games just to have a bunch of fun yep. and that was the original version of the necromunda they released but of course when they did that they didn't realize there are so many necromunda fans and there were these they released to their credit uh for this box game beautiful models brand new escher and goliath models who looked super cool and still had that kind of punk aesthetic or 90s aesthetic which in modern day just seems really alien and weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though back then that was like oh yeah that's 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 where me and my my, my, my mates dressed up like when we went out right but now it's like well that is super weird and like and 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 uh interesting so people would like you know new people would buy in and kind of uh, kind of uh get into it And, and and in my opinion the models are awesome uh and it kind of revitalized this necromunda but of course when people think of necromunda the game they think about the campaign so they seemed to release the game like bolt on a campaign system and when that ended up selling really well. Uh, they rebuilt, on the basis of the skirmish game version of Necromunda, a new Necromunda, which is now known as Necromunda 2017. Yep. And, because it became popular, we decided we should try it out. Yeah. Unfortunately, or fortunately, or oh no, unfortunately spoilers, but if you've heard us talk about this, there's nothing new. Um, they, uh as they went on because it was so popular they decided to continue to support it and so of course like every other uh, game they so what they originally did was rebuild the game right but with the the new rules the skirmish the new skirmish rules as a basis right because the actual the game was reminiscent of the original Necromunda, but it was entirely new rule set right for the for the original skirmish game of Necromunda, right yeah, there's quite a lot of, like,
1: you could see the, sim, like, there's obviously similarities, but how, yeah. like, the mechanics It's almost like work? callbacks. Yeah. The mechanics, once you get, like, down to them, they're all, like, they have mechanics, they both have mechanics for the same sorts of things, but they chose to do a lot of them in different ways.
0: Yeah. Um, so, they cleaned it up, and they released a... New version with brand new rules. So they, they originally they had released the rules in like piecemeal, and I guess all of those sold well enough. So they, including the models that they released, so they compiled them into two books, which was the Necromunda rules and Necromunda gangs of the Underhive, and that became the new basis of their new version of the game. But then, and just because those, I guess, also sold really well. They decided to uh, push it one uh, up a notch, and during COVID, or actually just a little bit before COVID, they decided to create codex-like releases for all of the gangs of Necromunda because Games Workshop cannot help themselves. And they're like, wow, if we release these codexes, uh, you, you can sell a whole bunch of books, basically a whole bunch of new books, and they make a lot of money, I guess, on those books.
1: Yeah, they've never been able to wean themselves off releasing codexes.
0: Yep. Uh, And so that's actually the version of uh, Necromunda we decided to play because that was the latest version of Necromunda when we were starting to play. Because we we played basically during the pandemic. Yep. And then I think you mentioned the last thing is they released another new expansion to be able to play Necromunda outside, not even in the Underhive. (laughs) Yeah,
1: which, that, that, like we were talking about how in, the setting's super cool and super fitted for a skirmish game. Playing outside has nothing to do with Necromunda, except yeah. it's going kind to of Mad Max-ish, I guess, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe it could be something, but I, I feel like when I w- would want to play Necromunda, I don't think about... Running around in trucks and vehicles and stuff and doing things outside. No, right? not at all. In fact, in the original art, the the outside is labeled with like toxic gas, <laughs> yep. toxic gas kind of thing, and everyone basically. I thought everyone just had to stay inside because the outside is just so toxic. But apparently, uh, you just got to wear a gas mask and apparently you're fine. So mm-hmm.
1: it won't just burn your skin because it's pure acid rain. Not just there's yeah. no water left. Yeah. But anyhow, I just want to ignore that version. <laughs>
0: it's, so that's the entire history, I guess, as I know it, of Necromunda. Um, and for us, uh, like we mentioned, we are going to talk about two versions in particular, which is the ones we played. Because we did not try every single version of Necromunda. That would be crazy. As you can tell from how long it took me to go through the history. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we went to Yak tribes and are like, all right, guys, what what are the versions we should be looking at? You you've put the work yes. in. We just want to like see how these final products compare.
0: Yeah. So we took up, we basically pressed. There's there's two different versions on Yak tribe. One says Underhive, which is yeah, uh, Necromunda Underhive, which is the 2017 version, and then one says Necromunda, which is the original version. Uh, but the versions of those two, when you click on them. Uh, if you click on Normal Necromunda, I think we mentioned, it, it defaults to uh, the Community Edition, even though you can choose to, to play the Necromunda tools with the, any of the older versions. And then the default for the Necromunda Underhive version is the one with the uh, codexes, which I think are called like House of Books, yep. right? which have a whole bunch of different rules and new stuff. Um, and that's the version we decided to play, just because it was, you know, the updated version. And we were we were really excited, actually, to get into Necromunda, because the models, the new models that they've released are really cool. The aesthetics are, are great. I, I really like
1: yeah. them. Yeah, when so, I see people yeah. reviewing the game, because I looked at some people's opinions, they're like, oh, the new one's great, because they put out new models for it. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. but you know
0: models work for any game you want them to if they fit exactly. the setting. Yeah. So. And the new models do actually mostly match uh, the uh, the factions from the original Necromanda. So I bought uh, a bunch of uh, Codor guys. And technically, I did buy an Escher warband as well because I was thinking, oh, I should buy two. So that, you know, if I try to – if I need to convince someone, I, you know, I have two warbands to play against each other. I do that for all the kind of games that I'm trying to, to, to encourage other people to play. But luckily, I didn't have to do that because uh, a couple of our friends and, and, and you also decided to, without playing that much – Buy into uh, a faction. So which one well, did you buy into? Well, I bought into Corpse Grinders. But buy in for this, like painting ten
1: models and buying ten models for a miniature gamer, that's that's nothing. That's a tiny <laughs> drop in that's your true. bucket of miniature collections. So that know. is true. Well, so obviously, a, yep. So the Corpse Grinders were more of a hand-to-hand faction, which they introduced mm-hmm. a little later on, and they have they don't in have in the 2017
0: version. There's, yeah. There's,
1: yeah. But so they they don't have like there's no corpse grinders back in the original version or the community version so i just played them as goliaths because they're
0: big beefy dudes yeah and goliath their faction and their theme is big being big and beefy yeah they've got strength skills and stuff like that yep all right so uh given that um let's dive into the Actual descriptions of the games.
1: Yeah, like go through some of the differences in the games in how the mechanics work. And then maybe sure. based on like talking about those at the end, we'll get into how that actually affects the gameplay of the two versions. Uh, so, sure. Or yeah, Because like all these things combined with how the mechanics of the game works, once you add them all together, that creates what the gameplay is. So I think it helps yeah. to sort of go over the mechanics first and then sure. see why you might want to Use one version or the Choose other. Choose one or but the I, other. I mean, yeah. for some people, maybe they actually like per- prefer a different type of game. But once they have like the background to it, I think it can help them make a better decision about what version they get into and what version they drag their friends into.
0: All right, so let's uh, start.
1: All right, so I think we should start with like movement, because like when you go through rules, movement mm-hmm. is like the very beginning rule, right? I think it's activation, but. We'll go back one start to activation. Sure, go back,
0: go back <laughs> to All the right. very first step. So, yeah, so setup is generally, I think, the same, right? They both play on 4x4 four four boards, roughly. Oh, they the... don't, actually. Yeah, the, the new one plays on 4 At the, four the very, very beginning, the first thing we have to mention is so the normal Necromunda games are played on a 4x4 four four table right mm-hmm. which sometimes and, and I, because your your these you know necromunda is a indoor giant megacity yep uh you should have a bunch of terrain right there should be a decent amount of terrain all of the art shows like a bunch of terrain and things and different levels where people are running because it's a, a mega city structure so the idea is you should have you know buildings going up into the sky right because things, they're all things- yeah.
1: Things should be tightly packed, like it's a hive. It's not like the great yeah. outdoors. So that's yeah. that's what you're building for the game. Should we then go one step back further into the building phase of like building your armies? Like that's
0: Oh yeah, it... actually that is true. Yeah. So we're gonna go one step before that and talk about <laughs> building armies. Let's do that.
1: Alright. So should we start with I guess we should start chronologically and just start with community first? We sure. we kind of talked sure. about it we talked about it before. That when you build your warbands, you've got the same sort of selection of juves, gangers, heavy weapon guys, and your leader. And they all come with the same stats no matter who you buy them for. It's just a matter of your weapon selections that differ. Yeah. And you buy different weapons for each of them. But in the beginning, they are all quite similar. Yep,
0: yeah, that's but correct. But
1: then, then you get to 17 and things get
0: wild. Uh, yes, so it's it, actually it's in a similar way. Uh, you 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 know you recruit your leaders, uh, but instead of uh, heavies, you inc- recruit champions. Yeah. Uh, and then you recruit. Actually, I think you still have heavies, but and then you recruit your gangers, and then you have Jews, which are your lowest level kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the difference is because the lineage for the new Necromunda is a skirmish version. Your whereas in the original game of Necromunda, uh, your stats like even your leader is, you know, it's not he's not that much better than a normal ganger, right? Like he's definitely has better stats, but it's equivalent of uh, what did we say? Like three or four stat buffs, right? Four stat buffs. Yeah, it's got four uh, four higher stats than a ganger. Yeah, four higher stats than than a ganger, uh, and. A ganger i don't know he takes maybe five games five six games or six or seven games maybe to get those stats right it might not be those exact same stats like weapon skill and ballistic skill are pretty important which he's got higher but 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 an important thing is they all still have one wound which means you know a bad shot will kill a leader just as easily as it kills a ganger right Mm -hmm. uh so that the 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 range band is like a lot tighter right whereas Because in in, in Necromunda 2017, uh, the game is based on, like we said, a skirmish version, your uh, leaders and champions are super buffed. They They have like, I don't know how many different stat buffs, like 10, 11, 12 different stat buffs compared to your normal gangers. So your gangers are actually the same level as the starting guys in the original Necromunda. But your champions and your leaders are, like, super buffed, as if you've just played 10 games. Yeah, because they come with
1: armor often. They come with, like, higher stats. They come with abilities
0: that you get to choose. Like, when you build your guys, they get an extra wound on top. Some guys, yeah. And extra attacks. Yeah, so they are, like, your champion and your leader can just, like, dice through a whole bunch of gangers. Especially in close combat, where those stats really can really help.
1: Yeah, and I think because you can pick the abilities you get, it it kind of lends itself more to netlisting, because you're like, well, clearly there's probably some better abilities going on here, because it's GW, it's not going to be balanced. So Mm -hmm. rather than having to get your abilities, you're just like, well, I'm just going to pick the best ones from the get-go that I want. So that's that's how you start your warbands.
0: Yeah, and so you can kind of, in some ways it's good at, well... there's positives and negatives i guess Mm -hmm. you could say because you are starting with your champions and your leaders uh super buffed it's almost like you've kind of started midway through a campaign because your leaders and your 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 guys are already super buffed uh whereas on the other side without like your uh, on the original Blackermanda, you end up starting your gang from the beginning, so they start crappy, and then you get to see them work their way up to become awesome. Yeah, so right? it depends on which you so that is like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly.
1: If you're going to play uh, a short right. campaign, well, whatever, we'll get into that later. Yeah. All right, so that's that's part of the very beginning. Then the next we get into after that, should we talk about the scenarios maybe? Because I guess you pick the scenario before yeah, you start using steps
0: and scenarios and um, and board. Yep. So the boards are pretty similar, I would say. Mm, here's the thing, though. There, the one thing I think that is different with Necromunda that I think is significant is, um, so in the original, you basically play on a four x four board. That's the norm. Yep. At least in the community edition, I think we talked about how, looking at some of the art, it seems pretty clear that they used to play on smaller boards. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but. When it came to the community edition, the idea was to play on a 4x4 board. Uh, For the Necromunda 2017, the actual original box game was not played on a 4x4 board. It was played on a much smaller board uh, with tiles. And the idea was, you know, the original Necromunda, the idea is you're supposed to build up, and there should be a lot of planks and gangways so you can shoot down and stuff. Uh, In the original Necro, in the 2017 version, it was released using a flat like uh, uh what do you call it like a a board game board right
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you would have tiles and you'd kind of lay them out and where there are no tiles the idea was that you're in corridors and things like that so is that called zone, zone mortalis zone mortalis yeah and so the game when you play zone mortalis is a lot more tight and you know like you're playing indoors basically Right? Mm-hmm. You're playing into. And, and so the game is set up, in some ways, technically, the game is actually set up to play in those corridors first and foremost. And then, because people love the original Necromunda with the larger kind of things shooting from gangways, they added in this extra thing. I think it's called Scepter Mechanicus, where you have larger 4x4 boards, which is, I guess, more normal or, or more. Yeah, more normal for people to get into the game. And technically, if you buy, you know, just the rule books, you probably are more likely to be able to play Sector Mechanicus because uh, you don't have specific boards to play the Zomortalis stuff because you need to buy, you know, those box sets or... I don't know, buy third-party things to create those, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're going to make your own terrain, you're not going to make the Zone Mortalis very specific layouts. You're going to just make yeah. buildings and stuff and play the sector Mechanicus, open more open format. Yeah.
0: And so then we get to the actual missions. Yeah, so the missions, I think the biggest difference... Well, we played
1: Dark Uprising, and honestly, the missions yeah. were, like unbalanced and nonsensical. But I'm sure the ones in the base book are Clearly much, not
0: play tested, yeah, yeah. They're
1: not play they're just not play tested. Because there's certain things you could do that would just break the missions, quite obviously if you tried to abuse the just the scoring systems and everything else like that. But
0: if you so, played so, it by that, what it tells you to do, the 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 actual scenario doesn't work. Yeah.
1: But what I think the bigger difference, because the, the original missions I'm sure are much better tested versus the Dark Uprising missions. The yep. big difference I saw is that sort of in the Community Edition, you would often show up with your whole warband. Some of them, sometimes you don't. But often your whole warband just like takes to the table. Whereas in the 17 version, often you have like a choice selection, a random selection, like so a fraction of your warband will show up. Mm-hmm. So that I found was quite a big difference.
0: So basically... Um, they kind of tried to confine the size of your warbands using this kind of uh, mm-hmm. limited insertion uh, rules, which I think is pretty cool. Like, oftentimes, you know, with the old Necromunda, you know, if your warband is huge and you show up with your entire warband, that's a huge advantage, right?
1: Yeah, like there's there's things that can negate it, or yeah. like balancing mechanics we can get to later. But, like, it is obviously, like, there's having the the number of guys specified is a limiting mechanism for the difference between the warbands. We'll get into the power level difference later, but
0: Yep, and in general Yep, and in general, you basically just rolled up a random mission, and then you played them, which, you know, they were basically the same in that kind of aspect.
1: Mm -hmm. I guess, like, at the very bottom line, not showing up with potentially, like, over a dozen dudes in the mission it means the game will play faster because there's just
2: yes, less stuff actually, to go on. Yeah, that's a really so.
1: good point. So yeah. I, I see that as sort of a, a decent choice they made with the new version to like keep the numbers down because it's a skirmish game. So and yeah. it might be played on that Zone Mortalis thing or yeah, this, yeah, the Zone Mortalis, which yeah. is quite a small board,
0: so you wouldn't want like 15 guys showing up in the corridors. Anyway. Yeah, it could be crazy, but it could also be really bad for you if someone took a flamer or a blast markers and just killed all your guys as they tried to enter. Yeah, so there's there's good reasons for why I think they did that in the new version.
1: So. Mm-hmm. All right. So right. Those are the missions. We talked about the tables. Are we now getting to the movement?
0: Yes. Now we get to the actual gameplay.
1: Activation. So activation. Yes. Yes. We haven't even got we haven't got to moving yet. We're getting to activation. So, if you've listened to us before, we've talked about like I go, you go systems and alternating activation systems for that. Do you want to just give the brief overview of that again?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, I go, you go is where I activate all of my guys, so every single one of my guys on the table before then on my turn, and before Mm -hmm. it passes to you, and then you activate all your guys alternating activation or or, uh, integrated turn is where during the round, basically we we take turns activating guys. So I might only activate one of my guys before then you get to activate one of your guys and then it goes back to me where I activate one of my guys again, right? And we go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And the big difference is like, generally when you go, I go, you go, you can kind of have a more, you know, everyone moves together but it also can, if there's too many guys and too many activations, it can feel a little bit like uh, Rochambeau, where you know I'm t- I'm throwing a haymaker at you, doing all my shots, fighting you, and then you do throw a haymaker. If you survive, your remaining guys can throw a haymaker at me. When you're alternating activation or integrated turn, it feels more like a back and forth kind of fight, where one of my guys shoots and then one of your guys, you know, takes a, sh- a sneaks around and, and and gets the jump on one of my guys before one of my guys. Reverse jumps back onto the your guy and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah. So uh, what's interesting is one of the versions uh, is I go you go and one is alternating activation.
1: Yeah, we've talked before about how we we really like alternating activations, but in this version, like I guess just how war games worked before, like like older war games, uh-huh. were like no, of course you do everything at once, then your opponent does everything at once. Mm-hmm. So the yep. the Community edition is based on the original version and it's basically you move all your guys then you shoot with Mm -hmm. all your guys and then it goes into the combat phase and then your opponent Mm -hmm. moves with all the guys, shoots with all the guys, then goes into the close combat phase. And then the new version is alternating with sort of the twist where your gang leader and then your champion, like you activate your leader and then you can activate at the same time a bunch of guys around him and then your opponent activates his leader, a bunch of guys around him and then Mm -hmm. then Goes back and forth, champions, and then the rest of your guys, which, which it's kind of. Go I like the mechanic where you activate like a bunch of guys in clumps often, just to make the turn go a bit faster. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think the one thing that we kind of uh, we play a uh, frostgrave a ton, and that's the kind of activation that happens in that game, uh, and it does help, kind of give the the ability of feeling like you can. Group activate and kind of have a cohesive plan, which is one of the strengths of I go you go, uh, while also not having it feel like such a haymaker and having some counterplay uh, uh, going on. Um, how, yeah. So that's the general activation. Um, now, because of that though, because you know back in the day, almost all the games during um, during that period of time, 1995, where I go you go. Um, they did have a. The game plays differently, and they did have ways to mitigate it, so you it doesn't necessarily feel like, you know, you're just you you do nothing, you just get hit, right? And then the other opponent goes and like does a haymaker. So, even though it was I go you go, I mm-hmm. don't think it felt like uh, Warhammer 40,000, right? Because no. you're playing in places where you can. Uh, because of the terrain and things like that, they are mitigating things, and we can get into that later.
1: Yeah, it's not like you've lined up on one side of the board, your opponent's lined up on the other yes. side of the board with just, like, a firing line, and you all just, like, fire, and then yeah. you start reloading, the and then guys. they fire at you, yeah. and whoever's left gets to come back and shoot. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's my turn, we'll all shoot our guns. It's not like yeah. that, because only a few guys usually see each other at one moment, because how you're, like, crawling through more dense terrain, If you build the board, right, that's how
0: it should go. And there's a bunch of abilities that allow you to mitigate uh, those kind of things. Yeah, so we can get into that in the movement part. Sure. So the next thing is movement. Mm -hmm. So in the new game, when you activate, uh, you actually, when you choose a guy to activate, they do their full thing, which is they move and then they fight. Right, don't they? Or do they not?
1: I have this quick reference card in front of me. And I think quick reference cards are actually, like, quite helpful. Because when you go back and forth between different games... Yeah, sorry, I got
0: confused.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And now I'm done with myself.
1: Yep. So, as it says, under the action phase, starting with a player with priority, players take turns picking one of their ready fighters to activate. All fighters may perform two actions, simple and basic actions. So, there you go. So you perform a simple action and a basic action... With that whole mm-hmm. fighter, so you then shoot. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I was getting confused with Kill Team, but yeah. Yep, there's, that's that's why you need these, these quick start sheets. Just, you Very know, be like, what, game are, every game, what yeah. game are we playing right now?
0: I don't even know, especially when
1: you play, like, multiple editions of the same game.
0: Oh, my God. Honestly, now we play so many different games that mm-hmm. you do... You do need those sheets to, to to help refresh things. And sometimes you just end up melding games together by accident. Yep. Not that that can make a bad game, but, you know.
1: <laughs> Maybe it makes the best game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Anyhow. So the movement. So in both, you can sort of make that, that double move thing. Mm-hmm. Or which is basically like running. So you can run in both games. But when it comes to charging... Your charge mm-hmm. distance in the community edition is yeah. you get you just get your full double movement, you get to the guy, yeah. you can fight. When it comes to the 17 version, I think mm-hmm. it's based I think the version of Warhammer at that point was giving you random charge distances. So you get your base movement but then plus d3 inches. So you don't necessarily like even if you're good at gauging distances, you're not really sure if you're going to get your charge in the new version. So when you think you might like you, you have your plan and if you're not like super close to the dude and you've got to make like a charge that's eight inches or more, you're getting into like your chances of getting that off aren't guaranteed. It's like two, if you're like eight inches, well your movements change too. Mm -hmm. Like, so it may not necessarily be eight, but once the further and further you start getting from your opponent in that possible charge range, the less likely it is to go off. So you can find yourself just like hanging in the wind and just getting blown away <laughs> Yes. Because you of the failed time, your charge. Because you failed to make the charge. Versus if you if yeah. you kind of are okay at okay, gauging distances, you'll get the charge off in the community yeah. edition.
0: The other thing you can also do, even though I guess it's not part of the rules, is just allow pre-measuring. Yeah. And then everything it becomes very obvious what you can do or what, what you can't.
1: Yeah, then then you know you're taking a risk that you might not make it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah so the the charges are quite different in the two games and then other movement things which comes down to well I don't know what it really comes down to but in the older in the community edition you can like move to a spot that's in sight of an opponent but mm-hmm. as long as there's some way your opponent is you if you're near terrain and there's some way that guy could be seen as like hiding behind the terrain not totally visible mm-hmm. you put a hiding token next to him and that guy's hidden he can't be shot at but he can't yeah. shoot in the same turn you can't run the same turn he goes into hiding which lets yeah. you sort of like advance your guys towards each other without someone sort of uh-huh. being worried oh my guys are just going to get blown off the board if i move into yeah. like your good shooting range first
0: which yeah I, so yeah yeah i think it's really a, a great simple mechanic and it was actually one of those mechanics that they brought back for Kill Team 2nd Edition, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you can hide. Yeah, except they like... <laughs> this is <laughs> like an old mechanic that often was very, I don't know, from the first kind of skirmish game that, uh, one of the first skirmish games that uh, uh, a Games Workshop created. Yeah, like the mechanic
1: relies to be fair, it's a you, great
0: mechanic. Yeah, the
1: mechanic relies on you having sort of like an agreement. It's not a fixed, hard. Like if you only see one third of a model or less, yeah. it can be in hiding. And here's all these measurement devices. It's like, yeah, if you think it's possible, it's possible. Whereas in Kill yeah. Team, they have very specific rules that surround like the terrain type and your distance from the mm-hmm. terrain and all sorts of things. They They made it very hard. Explicit. Explicit and not just like thematic. And
0: yeah, I guess the, the so. idea is that they're trying to make it explicit so that it kind of uh, you know helps helps you understand what they're thinking about hiding. Yep. Whereas in the older versions, you like everyone might have played, you know, hiding and what considers hiding uh, slightly different. And but in some ways that is easier to get into. Even though they're not kind of shepherding you so that you know everyone in the world plays the same type of game, mm-hmm. your it's a lot easier just to agree with your friends who are playing uh, how you're going to treat hiding. And then you all do it as opposed to, you know, you all just get an intuitive version as opposed to try to read this very technical manual so that you all have it perfectly the same so that, you know, you, if you go fly halfway across the world and play with a stranger, you guys are playing with the exact same rule set, right? Back in the day, nobody did that because there was no internet and people didn't travel. Apparently planes didn't work and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. You would just be playing with your friends, so it didn't matter that your version was uh, slightly more vague than the, the, than the version that someone someone played, uh, you know, halfway across the world. And because it was vague, you guys just figured it out, and it was in many ways easier just to go out and play it
2: mm-hmm.
0: than it is when you have everything super detailed. So, yeah, so, so it's just I'm interesting on. overall how people used to write rules versus now.
1: Yeah, I kind of liked it. So I've, yeah. I mean, I'm not looking at this as like a hardcore war game. It's a campaign game. So having like
0: fluffy rules like this, it it kind of fits the setting. So yeah, I'm I'm not against that. Especially now, considering you know this is the old version of Necromunda, who you're going to end up playing with, it's probably just going to be a bunch of friends where you can just work it out.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna. There's no. Official tournament scene for a community yes, game. Yes, exactly. So, so it's I'm all right with that. Any other movement stuff you think are worth bringing up? Um,
0: those are the big ones that. I guess the big thing is uh, in the old game there was something called Overwatch, which is not quite movement, but it's kind of like the absence of movement. So if mm-hmm. you don't move. You can go into – so you don't move and you don't shoot. You forfeit both. You can go into Overwatch, which allows you to uh, basically react to people on the, on their turn. So on your turn, you don't activate that guy, and then you turn them to face a certain direction, which is, I believe, a 90-degree arc. Yep. And anyone, if anyone moves – uh, across that 90 degree arc you can take a shot interrupting their movement mm-hmm. uh it's with your overwatch yeah
1: yeah you take a bit of a negative penalty but it means that like it kind of even though the games i go you go like we talked about at the beginning the fact that you can shoot back before they shoot you if you use the overwatch option like you're not mm-hmm. shooting as well as they shoot but it means you're not so worried that like they're gonna do everything and you're gonna do nothing. It feels like you yeah. have you have ways to create choices for yourself on your opponent's turn, so you yeah. don't feel like you're just sitting there doing nothing during their turn. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you actually Let's aren't do. not doing nothing, or you are doing something on their, their turn. You can set it up like postpone your action so you can do your action on their turn, which helps keep the game interactive, along with the hiding, like we mentioned. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I, I feel like that almost informed Infinity that we play a lot because in Infinity mm-hmm. you shoot back, but you don't shoot back quite as well. The mechanics are different, mm-hmm. but I feel like that created like a precedent. Anyhow, the, so the the sense. new version has Overwatch as well, but
0: only, it's like a special skill for only some people. So yeah, I think you either have to. I think it's just a skill you you can get on uh, as one of the abilities you can get. It's like Overwatch. Otherwise, mm-hmm. most people don't have Overwatch. But because it's alternating activation, mm-hmm. you still can feel like you're 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 activating in between, right? So there is a back and forth still going on.
1: Yeah, they bring a guy out and shoot yeah. one of your guys, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll bring one of my guys out and <laughs> shoot him back, and then it goes back exactly. and forth of of that. So you, you have ways of rea- reacting that you don't don't need the Overwatch quite as badly when you have alternating activations. Yep. So I guess we've moved into the shooting. So. A big part of shooting in both of the games is the pinning mechanic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like what makes Necromunda Necromunda, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's because you're not playing with super soldiers. When you get shot, yeah.
1: it's kind of not cool. So your guys basically <laughs> yes. like fall over, and yeah. even if they're not like necessarily they injured, they yeah. stumble for cover or they like hit the ground or whatever. So they call that mm-hmm. pinning. Mm -hmm. and basically it affects how your guys activate next.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So in the... mm -hmm, Yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, so for both games, right, you you roll to hit. The entire kind of shooting thing is you roll to to hit with your dice, then you roll to uh, wound, and then you roll, if you have a save, then if you fail your save, then you become... uh, you take a wound and uh, you can you basically, is it you're downed? And then uh, during when you're downed, you're basically out of action. But every turn you can roll a dice to either get back up or die. Yep. So you can go, or out, go out, of out of
2: action.
1: action. You yeah. can take a serious injury, and or you can take a flesh wound. So yeah. out of action is when they're basically dead. Yeah. And the flesh wound kind of just screws up their characteristics, and that's the same. In both games, you take it, the flesh wounds, cause characteristic yeah. reductions, but you can still you still get to fight on. It doesn't quite affect your next act. Yeah. Like you can activate next more easily without having to get back.
0: Yeah. So what that ends up meaning is that you the the last kind of thing if you ever played 40k like there's a lot of rules as you can notice and so that when you take a shot at a guy Mm -hmm. there's a lot of states that can end up like you can miss entirely or you can hit them and you can pin them so that they rush recover, which is quite common so if you don't wound them they just rush recover right or fall down right and they're (laughs) kind of stunned for that round or uh you can wound them and they can go down uh where they might come back later on or then you could also then kill them, right? So there's a lot of different states, and that kind of is an interesting gradient when you take a shot at a guy. Sometimes it's you might take shots at guys just to pin them, uh, to knock them down, uh, even if you're not necessarily likely to kill them uh, with those shots.
1: Yeah, so the 17 version like makes you take take another step immediately, which is mm-hmm. checking what their lasting injury is as soon as they go out of action. Which yeah. at first I sort of liked. It's like, oh, it's really thematic, and you get to like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you get to know, or not. you get to know what sort of wound they just got hit with. So it felt really yeah. themey. But then after playing it for a while, and then playing the community edition, I realized uh-huh. it's just a lot more like, it's just more rolling to get to an outcome, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, because it just interrupts things because you've got to write this down as well. It's something you have to keep mm-hmm. track of. This not tokens you have to keep track of what's just like the permanent state that guys been changed. So after playing a few games of each, I think that the community edition, where once your guys are out of action, at the after game state, you then check what yeah. happens with their lasting injuries. So yeah, I feel like
0: that the after the game state thing and checking is a lot more, in some ways, it, it's more thematic because in the, the the heat of battle mm-hmm. when someone guy goes down and it's clearly not gonna help with the battle you're just gonna push on right because you're you're in the middle of a firefight right yep. whereas in the one where you have to roll immediately to see like if they're dead or if they just you know have a hurt arm or if they're totally actually generally will be able to recover right it's weird because you feel like you know you're shooting your, your buddy dies and then you run over and you check you do their pulse and all these kind of things mm-hmm. and it's like oh he's dead Jim right while the guys are still shooting, that's what it almost feels like. Whereas the other way around, it's like that guy goes down, and you're just like, Oh, Bob, kill them," kind of thing, right? How dare they, like, you know, injure Bob or whatever? And then you check later on to see, you know, did Bob actually make it out alive or not? Yeah. After all the things, So, so yeah, I so enjoy the theme, that. I, I yeah, agree. So having it after,
1: I think having it after is preferable. It's just like it's a, more of an interruption, and it slows the game down. Yeah. So. Community edition wins on that version.
0: Yep. And I guess the big thing like we said with the pinning kind of mechanic, it's actually slightly different as well.
1: Yes. Where the the pinning in the 17 version, they shoot you on their activation and say your guy mm-hmm. hasn't activated yet that turn. He's pinned. Yep. So he's only able to take like he's not able to take it's the like activation. One action or
0: something? Yeah.
1: So but he's able to stand up. If, he loses, if you mm-hmm. want to shoot, he's not able to move, but he can stand mm-hmm. up and just shoot back at the same guy. And then the other guy will then mm-hmm. fall down. And then probably on his turn, he'll get back up and shoot back at you. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I'm not so, I'm not huge not as on how fun. long was working. Yeah. It, didn't, it, it felt kind of yeah. like you're locked in once you start having that happen. <laughs> you're just like, well, mm-hmm. I got up, I'm going to shoot you. What's going to happen on your turn? Well, this is basically going to play itself out without me choosing too much of this until somebody mm-hmm. just dies, or somebody else jumps into the fight. Yeah, so,
0: whereas in the original Necromunda, mm-hmm. uh, if you get knocked down uh, on your turn, if there's no one around you, you just scramble two inches to... That's that's it. That's your entire turn is to scramble two inches.
1: Yep, yeah, and at uh, the end, you can get up. But you can't just like yeah. stand up and not go anywhere and shoot. It's very, very different.
0: Yeah, but unless you have a normal ganger within two inches of you... Mm -hmm. Uh, which allows you to make a test to stand up at the beginning instead of the end, which I, and the test involves initiative, which I really like because, you know, when you're playing the game, you have a bunch of stats and oftentimes initiative in those, in that stat block is underutilized. But I feel like in Necromunda it matters a lot because if you get pinned and, and you know, if you, it's very, very good to, you know, not lose your activation that round. So having uh, a high, high initiative actually feels kind of good. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I feel like the winner of those two versions of the pinning, like the being stunned for rule, I really like the Community Edition much better on that one.
0: Yeah, and then on top of that... Uh,
1: oh, on top of that, because okay. I was playing Corpse Grinders who are close combat oriented in mm-hmm. the 17 version, your guys like have to walk towards your opponent, then they get hit, and they fall down. And then they can't get up and do much of anything other than just get shot again. So that that yeah. did not work out very well, that rule, when you were trying yeah. to play a more close combat-oriented faction.
0: Yeah, whereas in the original Necromunda, there are close combat-oriented factions. But they're like – they because, like we said, all the stats are basically the same and it's just their abilities. It's not that you are only close combat. It's that you lean to be better at close combat, whereas other factions, it's basically half the factions are better in close combat, half the factions are better in shooting, right? Yep. In the old one. Uh, in the new one, there's a, like, corpse grinders didn't even exist, but they're even further into fighting in close combat, right? Yep. So then just the difference, well, first of all, I don't even think the factions are really, that's, in terms of their play style, like the new models look great and they look like the old ones mostly, but the play style seems quite different than the how they played in the old one. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Some yeah, guys can so, get more flamers in the old version, which I think would make them play a fair bit differently. But other than that, I didn't see a difference where until later on you'd start being really different.
0: Yeah, like you're talking about in the old Necromunda, they're not there. There's differences, but it's not as pronounced. Whereas in the new one. They're so different, right? Yeah. Which in you know, in some ways is a very good thing for some people, right? Some people want to have that super special snowflake thing where like I chose my faction, so it's gonna be totally different than yours because you chose mm-hmm. your faction. As opposed to, you know, some people are like, you know, you have the base thing and then it's through playing games your faction differentiates itself from your from your opponents, right? Through mm-hmm. the the kind of skills and wounds that they take. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that after the game part later for how sure. how you start building towards that. All right. So, is there anything else yeah. we want to talk about for sh- shooting?
0: Yeah, I felt like one of the big things is oh. that in the new Necromunda, the mm-hmm. that weapons that you can actually choose are so much more powerful than the ones that you can have in the original Necromunda.
1: Yeah, and also like the point balancing in the community edition. I think they did some point balancing. And some rule mm-hmm. changes on things like flamethrowers to bring mm-hmm. things more like into balance. Whereas yeah. in the new version, there were some things that were definitely like way better for weapons.
0: Yeah, so I, this is one of the things that is technically the 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 non-balancing of the weapons. Maybe it's roughly the same uh, in both versions, original versions that were released by Games Workshop. But the benefits for the, the old version is that you can play the Community Edition where, you know, through the many, many years – remember, this game is, like, what, over 25 years old. Uh, through the many balance, balances of the game, they've kind of tweaked the weapons so they all the weapons have some use.
1: Yeah, and they're worth their point. You feel like they're worth their point yeah. value. They have, they yeah, have exactly. a case where you'd use them.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? So the one Whereas, thing mm-hmm. – that was yeah. that was actually not the case in the in in this book. Some weapons are garbage. Yeah. Right? Some weapons, you're like, why would I take that? This weapon is clearly better, right? Um, yeah. And then so it's, it's the same thing in the newer one. But the other issue is that because like we said, the game is supposed to start like halfway through. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the games, the a lot of the guns are way too strong. Right. Yeah. It kind of balances out the fact that your champions and your leaders start super strong by mm-hmm. allowing you to much more easily buy super strong weapons to put them down like dogs. Yeah. Which was actually not the case in the original Necromunda, I feel like. The original Necromunda, yeah, you could get really strong weapons. Uh, oh, here's another big thing. Uh, only your, You only have two guys who can take heavy weapons in the original Necromunda. Like, literally, no matter how big your squad is, like we said, you can no have, matter, like, a 20-man no how, gang. No matter how much cash you get.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you can have a 20-man gang, but they're going to be running around with, like, LAS guns or, or maybe bolt guns at, at best. Whereas, uh, and, and only two guys can have something like a flamer or a plasma cannon or or, or, sorry, or a missile launcher, right? So you only mm-hmm. have two guys in that, whereas, I guess there is a limit. But isn't there more? You could have more. I just felt like you'd have way better weapons. Maybe it's just the power level of the weapons are stronger. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, so it, that, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with the weapons, that also brings us to the ammo rolls, which I almost forgot. Mm-hmm. So both games have ammo rolls, except in mm-hmm. the Community Edition you roll a six, which is cool for you because you hit,
0: probably. Yeah, when you hit, when you roll to hit, you hmm the ammo roll, yeah
1: versus the the Community Edition where you have to then roll your ammo dice. I've got the ammo dice sitting there, but...
0: Yeah, so basically it's a little bit different. It's like the original Necromunda, if you ever roll a six to hit, then you mm-hmm. make an ammo check, right? Which is generally four and up. Whereas in the N17, whenever mm-hmm. you shoot, you roll an ammo dice, which tells you whether you need to, to, to reload or not. So you're rolling more dice in every shot um i kind of really like the old version it's just a lot cleaner and it also makes it feel not quite as bad to run out of your ammo because whenever you run out of ammo most likely you've also hit the guy yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: whereas it's very possible in the newer one to like unload your ammo and like have no ammo so you you know, when your ammo is out, your gun's basically. Oh, is is your gun useless in the new one, or you no. can reload in the new one? You can oh. you can keep
1: trying to just jam new ammo into it. Which, if you've yeah. got really good guns, you're like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna eventually reload this thing and shoot you again. Yeah. Whereas in the other version, you're like, oh, if, if you have really good gun, if even if your opponent shows up with really good guns, they might just jam uh-huh. them and be like, oh, crap, now we're back to our our stub
0: pistols. Yeah, exactly. You got to just throw that gun away. It's—I it, think it's actually called ammo jam, right? It's not out of ammo. It's not—you run out of yeah, ammo. It's that. Yeah. yeah, it's malfunctioned, and in the heat of battle, you're not going to have the time to like, you know, fix that, right? Mm-hmm. So you throw away that gun. You got to pull out your secondaries. Yeah. So
1: I, I like that version. I like the old version on that one better. Yeah, just because it's not as feels.
0: I don't know. It feel, feels feel, bad. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. But at least you hit the guy. So the guy's wrong. at least pinned, right? When you when you hit the guy, when you run out of ammo, as opposed to the other one, where you know you could have missed everything, done nothing, and then your gun is jammed, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, whatever. And then he stands back up and he shoots you in the face. Yeah. So. And then it's... it also feels good, be, in some ways, because the impact of running out of ammo is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gun is done for the for for that game, right? So running out of ammo also feels definitive and important. It feels more thematic too, just like you're you're not like
1: properly armed soldiers, you're stupid gangers who have like crappy yes. you don't have like well made rounds of ammo and nice clean boxes. You've got a bunch yeah. of like things you're like maybe this is or sort of, maybe this isn't even like a bullet, I don't know, but I'm gonna stick it in. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens.
0: Exactly. The gun It like, just feels right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like the game that you're you're expecting. Yeah. So they're both okay, but I do prefer the,
1: the Community Edition version of the mm-hmm. the weapons on that one. All right, anything else for shooting that's, like, a big thing to mention? I don't know.
0: No, um, well, yes, actually. One last thing is, so in the new one, there were, for, for Blast Marker Weapons... You can kind of choose points and shoot those. And so there were a bunch and there's a lot of different weapons where I felt like like the flamer, for example, is just like how you resolve hitting someone with a flamer is is overly complicated. So mm, I just felt like version and seventeen, the newer version. I just felt like a lot of things were like overly complicated and, and especially the blast marker stuff, it wasn't super clear. So I feel like everyone – and unlike, you know, some of the hiding things, it was unclear in a way that could be abused. So it's possible – so we actually ended up having to play, like, you know, already add, like, house rules just just to get the blast markers to work and make sense. Because otherwise you can always just target a point and then – Shoot guys, always, yeah. Yeah, shoot guys behind walls, yeah. Uh, yeah, shoot guys behind walls without the need to, like, roll the hit. And maybe that was the point. But if that's the case, like, those those type of weapons are really strong because they basically they get cover. And that means they're really cheap for how good they were. Yeah. So. Yeah,
1: that was one one thing that didn't feel so good with the new version. Yeah. All right. So then I guess that brings us to close combat, doesn't it?
0: Yep. Yeah. So the original Necromunda, I really enjoy the close combat for that. For that, so it is uh, opposed rolls. So mm-hmm. basically, both you and your opponent roll dice, and you're trying to roll better than your opponent. So it feels like, you know, even though it's again, I go, you go. When it comes down to melee, you can still die on your turn because you flubbed the, the attack roll, right? So yeah. So when you
1: you don't yeah. just attack someone, it's not like a kung fu movie where you're like, oh, it's my turn. To attack and everyone <laughs> else will stand around and watch me make my and just kicks and you'll stand there. Yeah. And then now yeah. you'll make your like triple kick back at me when it's your yeah. turn. Yep. Yeah.
0: You both Yeah, so you both you both kind of go at it. Uh mm-hmm. and so you roll the dice. And this is this is actually the fighting mechanics of second edition, which if you ever played second edition Warhammer 40k, it was kind of weird because it was really really detailed the close combat attacks and mm-hmm. second edition kind of became like a larger larger game like a i don't know a platoon level like you have 50 guys fighting and it was kind of way too detailed the combat system but it's actually perfect for skirmish yeah. so what you do is if you charge you, so you be, both of your guys have weapon skill And if you charge or you do a bunch of things, you get bonuses to that. So the first guy who charges then gets a bonus to the weapon skill plus one. Uh, And then you roll a bunch of dice and add it to your weapon skill. So both of you, right? Mm -hmm. And whoever has the higher or the difference between your totals uh, is how much the guy with the higher total hits the opposing – oppose the other guy. So it's possible if you – so in general, if you roll a lot of dice, you have high weapon skill, you will – Generally kill the other guys, but it's possible that you could flub the roll,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and you roll a one, and the opponent rolls like a six, and they just like bonk you over the head and hit you three times or something like that. Uh, and it's especially interesting because the the more dice you have, it's better because you know you're more likely to roll high. But every one is actually instead of, uh, it adds one to your opponent's roll. But you can also so, roll sixes that give you yes. Add-ons. But you can also so roll sixes is. to add on. But technically, if you roll two dice, uh, you your your you well you you can roll lower, right? You can roll two ones, which gives your opponent two plus ones, but you only add your highest roll, so you're still only get a plus one. Mm-hmm. So technically, it's possible. The more dice you roll, you the worse it can actually the bo- the bottom. Uh, role is like the the the, the mm-hmm. most sad role that <laughs> role could be so it's actually kind of interesting that way uh and it can kind of have a surprising and dynamic results based on that and then they have a kind of interesting um uh, outnumbering mechanic where where the first guy you fight uh gets no bonuses right so if you outnumber a guy with three guys that the guy who just got charged by three guys has to fight each each person almost like one on like one on one. So in that way, it kind of is like those martial arts movies <laughs> where one person goes in, the next person goes in. Yes, but it, at least it gets yeah. harder every time. That's the entire thing. The first hit, you're like he's ready for you, right? And so he gets the, you get you fight them normally. The second guy that fights gets plus one dice to roll and plus one weapon skill, and so on and so forth. So like. It's technically actually possible for one guy, if he's really good and really lucky, he could actually kill all three guys that he fights. But chances are, the more the fights go on, the more he's Mm going to lose. So I just find it, it's just like a, it might not be as realistic, but it sure is fun. (laughs) Sure. And it makes an interesting thing where you're choosing, like if you charge three guys in, you gotta choose the order that you wanna roll it. You roll, roll them. Like do you wanna use your best guy first? So you're more so you have the highest chance of everyone surviving, or do you wanna use like a crappier guy to fight first to take the heat so that makes, your better guy, yeah, gets the bonus. So he's way more likely than to finish the job. Yeah, you're like, I don't want him to get scratched, like, I exactly. want him to, like, easily just, like, smack the yeah. guy down. smack so. the guy and kill him. yeah. So it's a fun thing, uh, as opposed to uh, the Necromunda 2017, which is, I think, maybe one of the weakest of the uh, base rules. But, yeah, let's go through that.
1: Yeah, so whoever attacks first... That's first. That's all yeah. there is to it. Doesn't doesn't matter if you're fighting some super elite guy with like high weapon skill, multiple attacks, tons mm-hmm. of swords. You're like, oh, well, my my little juve with his little pistol and his knife just ran to you first. So you just stood there and how about you just let him stab you all <laughs> you
0: until you decide until you till it's your turn. Yeah. So if you can survive his shots, yep. uh, then you can attack back. Mm-hmm.
1: so So, and however many hits you because you have like your number of attack dice and however many just succeed based on your skill not based on their skill that's the number of hits
0: yeah so it becomes a rochambeau thing and the issue uh is with the difference in power level of attacking right so it's one of those things where generally like a champion or a leader can survive getting charged by a gang or whatever right so they can fight back and a ganger against a ganger you know who wins you know it's possible that you can survive even if you got charged first right Mm -hmm. Uh, but it becomes really weird when like people at champion level fight other champions because melee weapons are so strong that it's basically whichever champion charged first even though the champions have lots of, you know, defensive abilities, most likely striking is so hard uh, strong that the guy who strikes first is probably going to kill the other guy.
2: Yeah.
0: And way more than shooting, actually, right? So it just becomes... And if you pin a guy, right, if you knock the guy down, then they just die, right? Because then you just finish them off, I think. So, like, uh, unless there's multiple guys, right? Um, but because it's like, I, you know, multiple people charging. It just is like...
1: If you can get a big charge really, off, then like you yeah. might eliminate a huge chunk of their army.
0: Yeah, and because melee is so strong, like, it just feels like if you have two melee guys who are standing at each other, who are like two, two really powerful melee guys, instead of feeling like you have these titans clashing in close combat, uh, it's almost... It's basically whoever gets the charge in wins. So if you get to go first... uh, You know, it's not exactly 100%, but it's like... It's really high chance that if you go first, you just win that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that didn't always... That didn't... The results didn't... It actually felt really bad. Yeah, the results felt really bad, usually. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you're like, okay, so I guess my melee guy... Doesn't want to be near your melee guy? uh, Or... Because otherwise, whoever charges first wins. I don't know. It just felt just felt stupid.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't
1: feel. It didn't feel very fluffy. That's what it didn't feel like. It felt yeah. very like you're just trying to play the mechanics of the game in 17.
0: Yeah. So.
2: All right. Anything
0: did else? You get, did you get the fire back when you charged a guy too? Like a. Uh, an Overwatch shot? Or am I then confusing games again? Close combat, turn to face.
1: Oh, this is in the
0: close charge. combat. For
1: charge. That's not going to be here. That'd be useful. That's not going to be on this ta- this sheet. <laughs> I seem to recall guys getting shot on the way in, though. Anyhow. Yeah. I don't know. There's no shooting modifier for when you're being charged. Because in the new version, when you get charged you're on Overwatch, there's a modifier. But there's no shooting modifier for coming into combat, at the very least. I feel like I really wish, yeah, that was here. But, you know, <laughs> that is... All right. All oh, well, useful. This is not the most useful quick start sheet, honestly, that they've made. you want to go find your own if you play the new version.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I didn't really like the close combat in the new one. It felt too much, like I said, binary and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not epic. It didn't feel no. epic. No. Unless really. you want the the initiative roll. Is there an initiative roll? Oh yes. Yeah. So the other thing in so we're going back so like, to the turn
1: structure. Yeah. In community, you basically you just go back and forth turn to turn like.
0: Yeah.
1: But once but in seventeen, you could have two turns in a row. Because if you go like, well, you don't necessarily know who's going first that turn, because mm-hmm. you've got to roll off against each other for priority every single every single round. Mm-hmm. So if you think you've got yeah. something lined up, you might actually not. Like if you bring your guy into charge range of your opponent, it might mm-hmm. just be his charge because he gets he roll you roll off against each other, he gets the priority. Yeah. So randomly, it's his charge, and then he wins because he attacks yeah. your leader first. So that, yep. that just ties into the it just feels bad getting that turn off because you you don't really control it as much as you think you yep. do because
0: it's a lot turns, of you no know, initiative rolls and stuff. Turns yeah. come
1: down to that initiative roll for turn in 17.
0: Yeah, because of the way that the close combat kind of thing works. And yeah. then and then there's the other uh, yeah. Uh, I guess there is some sort of balancing is that you can have uh I guess the next thing I guess we talk about related to that is that in the new one there was an additional add-on which has become I guess part of the main game called Tactics Cards mm-hmm. so that- when you play you mm-hmm. get well, I like Tactics Cards, I think they're cool, I think yeah, they're in, cool. in the game that we, we created we have Tactics Cards that are very important in the game um, I feel like they were a little bit pasted on in Necromunda 2017 because mm-hmm. technically they were pasted on <laughs> to the base uh, gameplay of the game. Um, And there were way too many of them because I feel like people just brainstormed different ways that you could have a cool tactics card. And then they're like, all right, print them out because we don't have time to playtest all these kind of things. We need unique Uh, ones for every faction. Create more. Exactly, exactly. And so they were not balanced. And because in the game you don't get random tactics cards, You're supposed to choose them. So what ends up happening Mm -hmm. is if you choose them, you're just going to choose the best ones because there are ones that are clearly superior. There's like a handful that are just super powerful. And then it's again, going back to like having to have the people, the play group that you have, like bounce things out yourself. Uh, You know, a lot of people have house rules where it's like saying you can't use these certain tactics cards because they're broken. They're clearly the best ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so, and one of them is just allows you to win initiative, that's why I mentioned it. Yeah, and some of the missions,
1: like, they use it as a balancing mechanic if you're really far behind. Some of the missions give you more tactics, tactics cards, which is a very small incremental increase, but it's, it's not huge, really, because the tactics cards, they're okay, but they don't.
0: Well, some of them are really powerful. I guess it yeah. depends on how far how behind many you are. You get.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, how many also tactics cards you get, I guess. If you can yeah. use, like, if if, you, if your opponent has one tactic card and you have, like, ten, that's a pretty big benefit. Yeah, but you've got to be really
1: behind for that to happen. <laughs> like, it's not going to go right. so well for that. All right, I guess then we get to, like, the morale stuff that goes on with the bottling, because once you lose a certain yes.
0: number of guys, that mm-hmm. you're... Yeah so, this... mm-hmm. yeah, so this is a campaign game, so it's important to know when to flee... Uh, before you get wiped out, because every single guy that gets it uh, gets knocked out of the game has to make an injury roll. So, in both games, you can basically bottle out and leave the battle if you've taken a certain, like a, a small number of casualties. I think 25%, right? Yeah, 25 is the pretty common number for most missions. Yep. Um, I actually think that's it's quite interesting and fun. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know, you do have to basically check. So if you've taken a certain amount and you want to stay because you're actually winning, it's just you happen to, let's say, lose a couple of guys first, but you know that you're, you're in an advantageous position, uh, you have to take a test. Otherwise, you could just possibly just fail and run off, which I actually like. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those things that makes it, in many ways, more fun and also makes the game qu- games quicker uh, than, let's say, a game of uh, 40k uh, whereas 40k, you're playing five five rounds and you're you play until like or or you play until let's say uh, your opponent is wiped out. In this one, you're never you're you're generally not going to play until you get wiped out to a man because once you start once you've lost 25%, you have to start testing every round to see if you flee. And so it like forces the game to a faster conclusion. And I think this is one of those things that allows you know it doesn't let games kind of drag on right but even mm-hmm. if you end up fleeing when you're at an advantage and in an advantageous position it feels fluffy and fun as well because it's like oh you know you broke your cool and, and you couldn't take the heat kind of thing and then the opponent even if they're getting destroyed and they mm-hmm. survive somehow because of that and win the win the day uh it feels like a major win because thematically, you know, you guys had more guts. So even though you guys were getting crappy, none mm-hmm. of them, your opponent just broke first. And I've just never had even it seems like it might be a feels bad, but I've just always it all, it's just always felt so thematic that I've always enjoyed it. If you break off, you know, if you break and, and run away yeah. uh, against your against your uh, wishes is what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the community edition, like most missions will end once you fail that roll and you bottle. Whereas mm-hmm. in the 17 version, there's then another step beyond that where all the guys have to start taking cool checks individually if you're trying to yeah. stay on the board. Which eh, it's okay. It means if you really want to keep fighting on, uh-huh. like it means not all your guys run off. It's just uh-huh. it's more going on. So I'm not I'm not against yeah. it.
0: I don't think it's necessarily worthwhile. No. Yeah. Because uh, you start losing some I could guys. See, yeah, you start losing really... a bunch of guys. I guess it does make your individual guys uh, specific cool checks like important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it's almost there because they split out leadership into a bunch of different stats. Uh, like in the original game, you just have initiative like you just have leadership, right? Whereas they broke that out, but to make into like what three different stats, I think, in the uh, newer version. Yep. Uh, and so, but that was needless, right? Like, it's it's unneeded granularity. Uh, so to me, like, you're kind of. It's fine just to end it, right? The entire point is to play more games anyways. Mm-hmm. So if you end it quicker and it's sad that you, you know, you retreated off the table, then just play another game and get revenge. Yeah.
1: Like one Most dude's likely, likely, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if your guys are running away, one dude's used enough to be stupid enough to be like, no, I'm just gonna stay here in the middle of the whole arm <laughs> their whole gang and just be shot up. So Exactly. Uh, it's it works for the mechanics of the game where if you're on the verge of winning, maybe you just like do it. So. Yeah, and also,
0: I don't know, I just like the fact that it keeps the games shorter into a clip, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't, you're less likely to have games overstay their welcome just because you're both stubborn and want to win. Yeah, it fits, it fits right? the setting. Which, it's yeah, which is a problem for us as gamers, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, I like the old Necromunda because it's forcing me to be a better gamer, but I do like the the older Necromunda way of doing it because it forces me to be a better gamer.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Any other like mechanics between the games we want to bring up
0: that uh, before we, thought, we get into the campaign stuff?
1: Yeah, we don't have to cover every last little individual role thing, but just sort of the big overall mechanics we want to touch on. I think those are. I the
0: think big we mechanics. mentioned everything uh, until like just it's just the campaign that's left.
1: Yeah, the campaign. So the after-game yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, so the after game stuff. So that's all, so I think we've went over all of the during game stuff. Um, and I get you might. You know, there's a lot of good things in both games uh, mm-hmm. on both sides. And which one you like, I could see when you're actually playing the game. I could see someone preferring one game over the other, and it not being crazy if you choose. You know, if you have a one off skirmish game, choosing one over the other. Um, I think when you get into the campaign stuff, there's a little bit more to talk about, and, and and in my opinion, that's really where, uh, in my opinion, my preference swings from one to the the
1: other. Yeah, I think from what we talked about for comparing the the rules, like either they're just like a preference thing, or one version's better and one yeah. one's better and the other. There's no yeah. like clear decisive winner.
0: Yeah, I I would say like Necromunda, the older version, is a lot more streamlined. And and especially with the community edition, it's a lot more tight. So, But I do think with the uh, newer version of Necromunda, uh, especially with the House of Chains stuff, which introduces a whole bunch of gameplay rules, uh, like, like we said, in the original Necromunda, all the gangs are much more similar. Whereas when you play with all those house books, which are totally new and were released during COVID, um each of the factions now plays very differently like Cawdor now has like prayers which give them crazy abilities Mm -hmm. uh basically for free because of their faith uh and then some people get free poison i think escher gets like free poison stuff uh corpse grinders i don't remember what they get i think they just get special equipment they've got pretty crazy armor to start
1: with as long as you're facing towards your opponent
0: yeah, some of the other factions get crazy armor and then so so they're just very different. Now, I would say in a one-off skirmish game, you know, that difference allows you to play like your skirmish games are going to be more in some ways more varied <laughs> and more more complicated, but because with the complication they become more there's just more stuff going on during the game. Uh, and that allows you, you know, that that could be interesting to a lot of people, especially if you know Necromunda is your main game and you play, mm-hmm. you know, one-off games with with that, and you're like, okay, I want my guys to be like special, super special, and different, and you know, play differently when I play my Eshers versus when I play my Cawdor, right? Mm-hmm. I think that can really, you know, that that's a that's a big strength, even though what it, it comes with it, a large amount of. uh Uh, Mental load, yeah, Yeah, complication, right? And then I think the other thing uh, is those house of books, in terms of the rules for each of the factions and the weapons that you have in the game, they're not balanced. Yeah. And like we mentioned, the reason why the Necromunda version that we played was balanced a lot of it is uh, we played a community edition, which explicitly, you know, community members after like 20 years have rebalanced the game. Uh, but that's the game you will be playing if, in general if you play the older version of Necromunda, right? Mm-hmm. So you will end up, you know, unless you play a lot with your friends, uh, you know, you ha- you have to rebalance the new Necromunda between your friends and put in that effort to make sure that the game, especially when you play a skirmish game, you generally want balanced games as opposed to just having random super-powered equipment, right?
1: Yeah, when it goes for when campaign. the campaign... Well, it's a campaign, yeah. like, if someone's clearly better, then it keeps persisting, possibly, <laughs> from game to game, which is what we'll get into for the post-game mechanics. So you, you want the game yeah. to be balanced, because then, like, people aren't going to want to come back for the future games if they're getting crushed and they yeah. know they're going to get crushed.
0: Yeah, and what. it's just based on the, the army list that you have, right? So... It's good with the community edition of the Old Necromunda in that all the balancing has already been done for you, mm-hmm. right? From what we've seen, it's pretty balanced. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It starts off. All right. It starts off at a good point.
1: Yep. So Anything else about
0: it's... the actual game, or is mm-hmm. that that covered right, basically?
1: There's, well, there's tons of things that are different, but I just just uh-huh. want to get into like the big things because those affect sure. how the gameplay goes. Sure. So. So post game. Yep. When post you,
0: game. Ooh. So you get you get XP and you get money, right? That's it. Yes. Done, right. You That's get it. XP and money. Sure. And both it's the same in both ways, both games. You both you mm-hmm. get XP and money. Yeah, so um, how they go about it is very can't be different. Can that though. different? Can it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's crazy how different it is. So you get mm-hmm. XP from playing the game in both, and then you get XP for killing people. Uh, in both. So, um, in the original game, I think we said there's ju- Juves, which are the, the lower level, uh, like new recruits. Yep. And then you have gangers, and then you have your champions. And they basically, it's basically roughly de- de- delineated on how much, like where their starting XP is, mm-hmm. uh, on a chart. And basically the chart is kind of, um, uh, not so... So you uh, keep track
1: of their total XP they've gained in yeah. the original. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so, um, so the less XP you have, the, le- the less XP it takes to level up, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you have the uh, new recruits, it only takes five XP to to level. Uh, But it takes 10 XP for a ganger to level, and it takes 20 XP for a champion, like for the heavies or your leader to level, right? Just because of where they are in in the chart, right? And what that means, yeah.
1: Yeah, the more XP you
0: get, the less frequent the upgrades start coming. And so uh, when every game you actually get D6 XP plus five if you kill the guy. And what that means is that your, like, lower level guys, your juves, um, they gain levels, like, right after your first game, one of Mm -hmm. your juves have probably leveled. So you probably get levels every game, right? Even if you play crappy, just because the game says it gives you D6. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the person with a lower warband rating will always get bonus XP, it starts off at one bonus XP if you win, right? Mm-hmm. But the bigger the difference, uh, the more XP they will get uh, bonuses, right? And the last game, I think uh, you lost one of your really good guys, right? Mm-hmm. So, and your guy was worth like a hundred and fifty, I think. Hundred and ninety-five. Hundred and ninety-five. So losing him just by himself meant that the next game you played. You would gain plus three XP on everyone who participates. So it it it's a really big, in terms of XP balancing mechanic that's going on there. And what it also means is that your guys level a lot every game. So every game you you play, you feel like you're improving your warband a lot.
1: Yeah. Even if you lose some guys, you're like, oh well, the rest of the guys at least are coming ahead.
0: Yeah. So you, yeah, it's kind of kind of even. Yeah, it it's out. kind of cool. And then the other thing is the money for the for the original Necromunda. Yeah. So so it's based on territories in both games. Yep. Uh. So when you have so in the in, in between games you can send off ganglers which are like the middle, uh, middle guys, mm-hmm. right? Which are your most popular most populous number of, of of guys, and you can allocate them if they've survived and not well if they've not been wounded, it's allocate the- them. This is the community edition, right? Yeah, community edition. Yep. You can allocate them to a uh, territory, and then you basically roll on on uh, a chart basically to see how much money you got for that territory. But after you've like totaled up your income, then you look. You don't just get that amount of uh, of money. You actually look at a chart. So that's your income, and then you have to uh check a chart uh that gives you a certain amount of profits based on how many guys you have so the you've got, bigger you're yeah you've got most to feed here you know exactly so what that means is that uh the more guys you have the less uh money you get so it, it's another kind of self-balancing kind of mechanic where. It's not cell balancing; it's a balancing mechanic. Where if you have, if you're doing really well, none of your guys died, they're kind of leveling up, they just become more expensive, like to feed, and you will get less money. Whereas, if you lost a bunch of guys and you have dropped down to a lower number of uh, uh, gangers, then you get more money so that you can afford to buy your gangers back, basically, right? Or buy more equipment if you want to keep less guys. Yeah. It discourages
1: people from building overly large warbands and like, so trying yeah. to swarm your opponent. It's, it's exactly, a discouraging yeah. factor to that. It's not like you can't do it, but there's a reason not to because your
0: income will drop off. Yep. And then the remaining income you have, you can either buy equipment or you can go on to a... Look for, for a rare equipment mm-hmm. uh, where you basically... Every game, uh, you can roll, I think, D3 plus one is it just d3 yes uh you can you can basically roll on uh on a chart to see how many items uh have become available to you right so in the market you can always buy your
1: basic stuff that was available at the start but then if you want to start getting cool stuff like armor and other special weapons then you've got to go like go to the market for it
0: yeah and you've got to roll and only a certain number are available to you so you only get like three or four options to buy basically every, after every game. And importantly, like you mentioned, armor is on that chart, which means yep. you will have all your guys have no armor because you guys mm-hmm. are a bunch of gangers, like scum in the Underhive. Armor is very rare. Guns are plentiful, but armor is rare. Yep. So that's how community works. Mm-hmm.
1: More or less. Then, yep. then we come to the the new and improved version, right? They improved it, didn't they? <laughs> it's Uh-oh. a new
0: version. I will say yeah. that. So mm-hmm. again, now the interesting thing is, all the stuff we mentioned before, a lot of it comes from the basis of the original 2017 game, which was meant to be a skirmish game, not a campaign game, right? Yeah. And I, uh, so the campaign is kind of being grafted on top, and I don't know. In many ways, it can kind of tell. Now, I don't understand why they just didn't use the old Necromata campaign rules, uh, but I guess in some ways, the main game is so complicated, they wanted to streamline this part. Mm-hmm. So, after every game, uh, you and, still and get... So, you so one thing I guess we should mention, in both, you can lose
1: territories. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. And, and usually, in the old one, it depends on the missions.
0: I think in the new one, it depends on the missions, too. Yeah, It just seems more likely in the new one. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing is, I feel like there's less missions in the new one. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but maybe it's because they're broken down into like a small number of Zone Bortalis and a small number of Sector Mechanicus. Maybe if you add both those, then mm-hmm. there's actually more, but it just felt like there were less missions, but I might just be misremembering. Yeah. All right, so on to the territories for the 17. Yeah, money and XP. I guess the big thing is XP. Yep. So instead of getting a level at every five or ten XP that you you, you collect, you actually mm-hmm. collect XP and then you spend it on a chart. So uh, in the old one, once you get five XP, you basically roll uh, and get a random bonus, right? Yeah. And you're hoping for the really good ones, like plus one wound or or, or plus one weapon skill or ballistic skill. Yeah. Uh, in the new one... Well, it could also be uh, skills, too. You roll, and
1: then it tells you whether you get a skill or whether you get a stat, and then you yeah. sort of go down the charts from there.
0: Yeah. Whereas in the new one, um, you uh, you buy your... your You have a certain amount of XP that you get, and then you <laughs> can spend it to buy different stats, and different stats cost different amounts. So if you want to improve your weapon skill, you need, I think, five. Whereas if you just want to improve your initiative, you only need three. Now, in some ways, that's good, except for the fact that uh, the stats are not equally balanced, which I guess is why they have different XP buys, Mm-hmm. which means that you're never going to want to spend XP on the crappier
1: ones. No, and you're going to get the exact ones you want. It's not like your guy sort yeah. of organically develops. You, you work yeah. towards min-maxing your dudes. Like, if you have a close combat yeah. dude, you're taking the weapon skill. You're taking attacks or, like, wounds or yeah. whatever. And if you've got, like, shooting guys, you're taking the... Sh- Things to help you shoot. They're not. Yep. It's not narrative. It's just you
0: going for pure power level on this chart. Yep. And then the XPs are like really stingy. Mm-hmm. So like the the best way to get XP is if you kill a guy, then you get one XP, right? So you play a game, you get one XP. You kill a guy, you get you get one XP, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I is roughly, I guess, technically. Equivalent in Necromunda, uh, the original one, right? Yep. Because I think if you if you kill a guy, you get five XP, and then you roll D6 if you play the game, right? So it's round three. So you do get more when you kill a guy. But the big thing is just rolling a D6 and playing, you will you know, after a couple games, you'll get a level. Yep. The good level ups in the new Necromunda chart are like five or six XP. Right, if you get one XP a game, and you didn't kill anyone, it's gonna take like five games or
1: to get a basic like three or four
0: games, yeah. yeah, to get a basic upgrade that is decent, right? And like you're not gonna eight. you don't want the crappy ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, what ends up happening? And 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 in the old one, Jews get an X XP or a level up every five XP. Like if they kill a guy, they're getting a level up.
2: Mm-hmm
0: in the new one, Jews learn just as fast as the... Everyone else. Well, the champions or whatever, right? I think mm-hmm. the, the gangers need 6xp to level up, and then they roll in a random chart. But, like, Jews and champions and stuff like that, they use the buy the buy chart, right? And so, they need 6xp, so you need to kill, like, five guys in a game to get a level up. <laughs> Which is insane. But... Like <laughs> Yeah, which is yeah.
1: It's like you won is, the game
0: yeah, on your crazy. own. it's yeah. crazy. But but here's the thing. It's the same chart for leaders versus Juve. So a so to level up a Juve, you kill 5 guys, you get an upgrade. If your leader kills 5 guys, which is much more likely because your leaders are all bosses, your leaders and champions mm-hmm. are like already super buffed. They get a level up too. So it's actually possible for a leader to kill 5 guys in a game or maybe two games, right? And mm-hmm. they'll get a level up that matters to them. It's not possible for a Jew to do that. So your Jews take like five games or something like that to level up. Yeah. Whereas You're like, why do I even bring them to the board? Like Yes, they're so mm-hmm. much worse. Whereas you have a sort of runaway issue where if your leader goes out and kills a whole bunch of people because they're your best guys or your 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 champions with like heavy weapons and stuff, do that because they have great weapons, mm-hmm. then they will level up they're much more likely to level up and continue leveling up and pulling away because the main way you get XP is killing people. Yeah, just as long as and they are not the kill ones, themselves. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, it's almost the opposite where Necromunda, you know, everyone's leveling up at a, at a good pace, right? And then some, mm-hmm. some Jews will surprise you. Uh, in the new Necromunda, everything is almost resting on the shoulders of your champions and your leader because they're the ones that kill people. So they're the ones most likely to level up and because of that, they're also the ones who are more likely to be super powerful to continue to kill people. Yep. So it's almost like the rest of your gangers are just chumps meant to be killed by by each side's leader's champions, mm-hmm. right? Or get a lucky shot off or something like that, right? Yeah. And if you get a lucky shot off, you don't even level up. No. Like if you you, you go back over bunch more days to get your ass kicked. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, so the like the whole leveling process is not. It's not as
0: enjoyable. So, yeah, so we we're because playing, and I was just like, why does it take so many games for these Jews to level up? Because when I heard about Necromunda, you know, we've heard about it for so long since we've, mm-hmm. we've been playing since 1995, technically, right? Um, we always heard like, oh, you know, it's great to have Jews because you know they level up and they'll become awesome, right? And then I played the new game, and I'm like, no, these guys are like the worst. They have worse stats, and they take forever to level up. Might as well just buy a Ganger or buy a Champion. Like, if my champion dies, like, just recruit another champion. That's how you should be playing it. Like,
1: how many games do you have to play in a campaign of Necromunda to make guys, like, serious advance from the lowest level? It's just so many games. You're not going to – it's an unrealistic number of games to play to feel like you've, like, altered your warband. It really just matters where they start.
0: Yeah, and it's weird because in the rules, it reads Mm -hmm. that says that Jews, like, learn very fast, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But the actual rules do not show that at all. No. They're like just a gaggers for better. So it's yeah. it's just ridiculous. I, I feel like there's some sort of you know what I feel like it is? I feel like someone printed like there were two different versions of leveling mm-hmm. that used different amounts of XP and when they printed it they printed the like the XP sheet or, like the, the buying from one sheet and the how much XP you get from games from the other version and they mm-hmm. accidentally put them the, the two together and now that no one just wants to admit that they made a mistake and that those things don't match it's ridiculous yeah. you yeah. can so, double the XP that you get and i think you still level slower than the original acromanda like
1: mm-hmm. so back to the territories though in the in the community the original like, you've got to send your gangers to a territory to generate mm-hmm. the income, which you mean because you start with five territories yeah. for your starting band. Maybe you still, uh-huh. some of you don't. But, yep. like, if you just make all your guys, if you try and swarm them with a bunch of juves and you only take three gangers, you can mm-hmm. only generate income off three properties because you've got to send those yep. three gangers there. Versus the yep. new version, it doesn't matter how you compose your gang. Like you generate mm-hmm. all the income off all the territories, no matter how many guys you have. So if yeah. you like steal territories from your opponent, uh, oh God. you just you just have more. Whereas if you get one stolen from you in the older version and you only started with four gangers, like okay, you went from five down to four. You're still getting basically the same amount of income. It's okay. Maybe yeah. maybe one of your good territories is gone, but yeah. you're not like the territories
0: also have buffs. Yeah, yeah. You're not completely Benefits. out.
1: Yeah. And, like, even if your opponent takes something from you, they're like, well, maybe if they only had three gangers because they took a bunch of heavies, like me being crazy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I yeah. can't. Like, okay, I have seven territories now, say, but I only have three gangers. Yeah. My income really hasn't gone up that much. At all. Yeah, <laughs>
0: probably at all. Maybe you got a good territory,
1: yeah. maybe you didn't. But yep. It, so so it, there is a lot holds, of
0: these things. Yeah.
1: It holds it back on being, like, getting crazy income whereas 17 year income can turn crazy and your opponents can turn to garbage pretty quickly
0: yeah so this is one of those things as we played uh in the new version of Necromunda, especially with the the house of books it just felt like there were not a lot of rebalancing mechanics and there's actually mm-hmm. instead of a lot of like uh sorry uh like uh comeback mechanics yeah right so if you if you were unlucky Instead of having those, the new game had a lot of the opposite. It's like, like win more mechanics.
1: Basically. Yeah, I think I think we're basically into talking about gameplay now. And yeah, I think that is the most important thing to talk about for this game, like getting into the gameplay. We talked about the mechanics down to like the grid of the movement, the activations. Mm-hmm. But the big part of the gameplay, I think we we want to focus on is the balancing because. It's something that continues. It's not like you play one game, and you're like, oh, that was screwy. How about you just not take Mm -hmm. that same army again with, like, all min-maxed one thing. This is a campaign game. If you've gone in and somebody's, like, got a more powerful army, it's going to persist over a bunch of games. So the game needs, like, balancing mechanics that go as part of the campaign system. Mm
0: -hmm. So that some guy, you know, like... So, so some guy can't, if they start winning, just like win more and then quickly pull ahead, which is exactly what seemed to happen in the new Necromunda. Like we said, if you win a territory, you lose a territory, right? And it seemed like it was pretty easy, relatively speaking, right? If things just went badly to lose a territory, mm-hmm. they're just getting way more money now every, every round, and there's no balancing thing. If they have more guys, they're more mm-hmm. likely to win. They're more likely yeah. to win territories, then uh, they continue to... Uh, win more. If their champions, who are the most likely per- to level, uh, start killing lots of people, they become mm-hmm. even better than possibly your champions. Plus, they have a lot more money because they win more territories. Yep. So, they continue to get even stronger so they can kill more people. And they can level up way faster than your champions to get even better at killing your guys. Right? It's yep. just, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, mechanics or there's very very few mechanics to help players who are down in the campaign to come back or to reel back someone who was just shot ahead super far uh yeah yeah because the whole thing how the marketplace
1: works i'm not sure we exactly said it but in the 17 version like for the rarer items like armor Mm -hmm. and bigger weapons after the game like they have different levels levels of rarity versus like the community Mm -hmm. you roll you see what's sitting around in the market in the other version, you roll after the game for like the level of rarity that's available at the market. Like, did you go to a blinged-out market or did you go to the kind of a poor market? And yeah. just like, if you roll really high, all the most the finest things are available to you. And if you've got a lot of cash on hand, you can just buy your warband all the finest things when you pull the head. Yeah. Like, to have extra armor levels, to have like way better yeah. weapons.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's it's no just... cap on, if you have a lot of money, cap on, on being able to spend that, right, mm-hmm. on super good equipment. So it was just really, it was surprising, and I still feel like we're playing it wrong and someone's going to come to us and say, listen, no, there's actually balancing mechanics. Because it was so important in that Necromunda chart, mm-hmm. the underdog bonus. Literally, if you are one, so so you calculate your your your... You're in the original Necromunda and Community Edition, you calculate your warband strength by calculating how much mon- how much uh, uh, your your warband is worth plus their XP, right? Mm-hmm. And if you are even above by one point of warband, the opponent, the guy who's lower, gets one more XP, one free XP if they win. So like yeah. that's a very very small difference, right? And like you said, if you are like our warbands, you know, if you have a fifteen hundred point warband, right, and you and you and the opponent is down by 50, uh, 150, they get three extra XP just for showing up if they lose. Mm-hmm. That's like a ten percent difference. And as the game goes on, you know, things will be larger, but the because it's it's not a percentage of your warband, you get XP based on the difference, which means that that as you you know your warbands get bigger. Uh, the difference can get large, and then the bonuses get very big, even though they're not as much of a percentage of each person's warband, right? Yeah. yeah so it's life. a huge balancing mm-hmm. mechanic. You even get more income if you're losing. So there's an underdog bonus for if you beat. So you, for, for, for the for the income bonus, you do have to win. But if you win against the odds, mm-hmm. against a stronger warband, let's say it was there's certain missions where you're both the opponent and you are limited in number of guys, so you might just be able to luck out and win, even though your war band's rating is much lower. Yep. If you're you even get an income benefit where you get a lot more money. Yeah. They're just
1: like they're fluffy. Like people love it. Alright, they throw you money. It, just, yes,
0: they exactly. know they they're they like, know what, the
1: game needed that mechanics so they put it in. Even though it yeah. might not be exactly like perfectly fluffy, like the game needs this and they put it in.
0: Yeah. So in the new Necromunda, someone if we're playing it wrong Please tell us where mm. there's more balance in mechanics.
1: Look, there's tactics there are cards. The tactics the cards three? are three.
0: Yeah. Like t- you get extra tactics cards. Yep. But not that many, do you?
1: No, it's the mission determines it, but it's it's not a huge thing.
0: It's not so, like you get ten to one, do you? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You get extra tactics cards. Uh,
1: so choosing the missions
0: in number in seventeen, you are more likely to choose the missions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, you roll on a chart and you're more likely to choose. It's the same thing in the old necromoto, by the way. Yep. And then the last thing is you can petition uh, help from the upper echelons. That that was introduced, I believe, in the house books. Mm-hmm. Except that those petitions, the guy who's ahead can still roll on that that chart. Mm-hmm. So. And it's a random chart. And the only difference is if you're behind, you can get up to a plus three on that roll. So technically, if you roll badly, you, your underdog bonus is just a plus three on this chart and you could get a worse benefit than the guy mm-hmm. <laughs> who's already crushing you. And that seems to be from what we saw, the main balancing mechanic. Yep. And someone please tell us, I. I scoured those books so so much. Maybe I just kept on skipping the underdog bonus chart. Mm-hmm. But if someone has one, please tell us. It's just crazy that it doesn't have one, right? Well, the whole Which, income, the income
1: thing, like, is really what drives the difference in the warbands. From
0: underdog under bonus, oh, bonus is huge. And bonus is huge as well. Yeah, the XP is a big deal because, like, you're. The other thing that we we kind of hinted at, but from all of the mechanics, if you put that all together, is that uh, because champions and leaders are so important, uh, if let's say you had a showdown in one game where your leader fought their leader and then they rolled well on the initiative and they got the charge Mm -hmm. and then they killed your leader and then your leader dies, that's a huge deal because all of your power is in your leader and your champions, right? And it, because it's a campaign game, uh, they, they don't come back. You have to buy that leader again, which is a huge amount of money. But you, let's say you lost your territory, like everything is pushing against you from being mm-hmm. able to re-get that guy back, which means that uh, that's a huge swing, which allows the opponent, again, combining with everything we said, it's – even more of a win, more. Whereas, like in the old Necromunda, because there's a bunch of things that are mitigating that issue, right? You still lose your guy and all the equipment, which is really bad, right? But the relative power level of your heroes when you start out is much lower. So if you lose a leader or something at the beginning, you're much less likely <clears throat> to be super far back. Yeah, the difference
1: between like your leader and a ganger isn't so huge. So if you can't buy back a leader and you buy back a ganger instead, yeah. it's not like it's not the end of the world whereas yeah. when you're when your guys come in with tons of abilities and yeah. their point value is so hugely different in 17 from a leader mm-hmm. to like a gang or a juve you're yeah. in trouble if
0: you lose like a big big yeah, dude yeah you, you lose a big guy and because there's no balancing mechanic uh you can't catch up <laughs> there's no there's no mechanics to catch up you lose 150, you the, the way to catch up is somehow your opponent's leader dies. Otherwise, you're just permanently behind 150. And when that leader shows up, he's going to have a huge impact on every battle. He's going to get so much XP because now there's no opposing powerful leader to oppose him. So Mm -hmm. he's just going to be dominating the field, right? Um, And gaining a whole bunch of XP, which helps snowball, right? There's so many snowball mechanics. It makes me wonder if you know the playtesting has did if they did ever did any like campaign playtesting playing like long campaigns because mm-hmm. everything seems fine if you're playing one-off games but terrible if you're playing campaign it's like they never never even thought about it or we or those pages were stuck together in my rule book and i miss them mm-hmm. which please if you play necromunda second, uh 2017 and and i miss those please tell us yeah. It's just unbelievable that so many people play this game. Maybe they don't even play this game. Maybe everyone just buys the cool models and assembles warbands and doesn't play it. That's a lot of what I've heard. People are like, oh, I bought it, and <laughs>
1: I'm like, but you've heard of what actually happens after you start playing? You're like, yeah, we nobody never heard of anyone being like, oh yeah, we keep coming back and playing more campaigns of this. Yeah, people
0: just bounce seem to bounce off of it a lot. So they assemble it. They play one or two games. In which case, it's fine. Like we mentioned, actually, I would say it's actually a decent skirmish game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool things that from the original Necromanda, like if you, which are both right, like lighting guys on fire is fun. Uh, shooting a guy and having them fall, like shooting a guy on a balcony and having them fall down and, and splat on the ground, is in both games super fun. Not in a lot of skirmish games, so that part is cool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has a lot of cool things. And like you said, you start off with really powerful guys, so the game feels like, you know, interesting and different. And you have, uh, when you play the game, just when you play the campaign, those, you know, any kind of uh, good roles or, or mismatch in terms of luck blows out and, and snowballs, and then one person will run away
1: mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Yeah, All so, right. so that was balancing, which is, is a lot of what we need to talk about.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't I don't think – I think we've I think we've made the main point about that. So yeah. there's other gameplay things I think we talk about a lot in other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, the most basic of the ones is, like, the number of roles needed to, like, achieve a resolution of an outcome of, like, when you take an action. Okay. Like, because we talk about for Oscar, we talk about Infinity, you just yeah. – Roll against each other. Frostgrave is one roll. Infinity, mm-hmm. you roll the hit, then you roll yeah. your armor. So your outcomes, like, the game was very, like... We we both like games where you don't have to roll buckets of dice. Like, you get to yeah. 40k, you roll your bucket, maybe you do some re-rolls the bucket, then you gotta roll strength versus toughness for that bucket, then you gotta roll some armor saves, and then maybe you do some re-rolls. It's just... Mm. It's, it's too much. Some games can have too much to achieve like an outcome and it takes you out of the game and it doesn't feel thematic yeah. once you have to make like seven rolls to have an outcome. So yeah, how, how do you Yeah, the game stops feel,
0: being the game. It just starts starts being just rolling dice. And accounting, yeah. How, how did you feel about yeah. these versions of
1: Necromunda for that, like, rolls to get a resolution?
0: Uh, I vastly preferred the uh, earlier version mm-hmm. because I feel like there's just too many different rules. right? Like, we, we talked about them briefly, but, like, the ammo roll, right? Like, you, every single time you shoot with the new one, you roll an extra ammo dice. And that is fine in and of itself. But yep. when that's in every single step of the game, it just adds up. One yep. of the things is the original Necromunda, armor is rare. Exactly. So, so you're not going to when, when you get started, you're not making armor saves. Whereas yeah. almost
1: everybody has armor saves in 17. And you've got to look at the AP values of all the weapons. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, an extra roll to reach a resolution.
0: Yeah, and Necromunda already has the extra, like, knockdown rule, wounded Mm roll, which slows things down relatively to, you know, the second edition, let's say, right? Uh, So it already has those kind of extra rolls, so just limiting Mm -hmm. it so that only, like, your really good guys will end up getting armor saves, right, because it's just rare, Uh, is great to help keep things clipping. And, And again it's almost like the in terms of the rolling thing it's almost like a death by a thousand cuts right like yep. or death by a thousand rolls basically well
1: the same thing too like there's another cut when you take the guy out of action like you're mm-hmm. supposed to immediately check his lasting injury in 17 yeah so like there's too many roles to get to an outcome in 17 i think
0: yeah I, I definitely think that's true uh
1: um, are there too many roles in the basic
0: one or does it feel pretty okay it's um, higher than I actually think play. that it is it's okay, but it it's it's not ideal in my opinion. There are a, still a lot of roles mm-hmm. and like when you play something that's newer or, or more streamlined, streamlined like uh, uh, Frostgrave, I feel like uh, some people feel like it's too few roles so that it feels a little bit too random mm-hmm. because you know you have a wider variety and it's it's basically linear a linear change. So to – but to me, I I like that. It's quick. It's snappy. Like, you know, you understand it. It it happens, right, with one roll, And then everything kind of falls through that, right? It makes the role really exciting, which is – Yes, it makes the role really exciting as well, which is great, right, as opposed to, like, getting slowed down and saying, okay, then I do three rolls and let's see what happens, right? Mm -hmm. So – um compared to those games, I think, you know, I, I vastly prefer Frost kind of resolution mechanics. But overall, I think it's fine. It I'd say it's like it's still a lot of roles, but it's 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 achievable and it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's still in that realm. But again, it's gonna be different for everyone, right? I think for some people it might still be too much, right? But one thing's for sure, it's a lot less roles than the new Nagravanda <laughs> which yeah, helped it.
1: Yeah, the new ones too many. It just, it started getting, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't very exciting. Yeah, at the level you'd expect. So in terms of that, the the older version's a big winner.
0: So, yeah. In terms right. of polish, I think there's no contest. Like that oh, balance the it, community it, balance edition. It. Just balance. Overall the polish. Mm-hmm. Overall polish. I think one of the biggest issues with the new Necromunda, especially with the House of Chains, I think we might have mentioned this briefly, is that the House of Chains, I don't think those were play tested. They a lot of them were released during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that probably affected the amount of playtesting they could do if there was even any playtesting.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh everything felt like in the new edition, you know, we played also um what was it? What's, what's the version of, of the campaign that we played? Oh, Dark Uprising. Yeah, Dark Uprising. That kind, of, those those missions were like terribly balanced, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just, I, and I played, you know, missions before that, right? Like more like one off games and stuff like that. The game felt fine and, and actually kind of fun. Uh, but when we played more of the campaign stuff, it was just, I felt, and when we played more games, I felt too many rule. I felt like I was playtesting a game. I felt Mm -hmm. like this wasn't even a beta. This is like an alpha version of a game, right? Mm -hmm. There are some interesting things inside the game. Most of the interesting things inside that game came from the original Necromunda, not from that version of the game. I'd venture to say all of them. (laughs) All of the interesting things. Uh, All of the, the interesting things in the new Necromunda are in the old Necromunda, except unbalanced new versions of them, right? So I was... In, in in the new one, right? So I just felt like maybe if there's a, 20 years down the road, if there's a community edition of the new one, it might be playable. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think that game is playable. Like, I think I mentioned this before. The new Necromunda is probably the worst experience I've had in a miniatures game when we played the campaign. Yep. Um. So not the one-offs. The one-offs were... We're, we're fine. But the campaign was the worst experience I've had in a miniature game in like 10 years. I can't even remember a worst experience I've had playing a skirmish game. Not playing any kind of miniatures game, actually. hmm Yep.
1: Normally you so, don't, like, quit. <laughs> yeah, the army yeah. building. like I Even versus
0: playing actual betas of games, just say. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. I just wanted to mention that. Yep. Like we touched on it before, like
1: the army building aspect. Like if uh-huh. people really like building armies and like seeing how they can min max things. Yeah. The army building is deeper in the new version, but, it
0: but why just, are you playing Necromunda? Yeah, exactly. Playing?
1: Exactly. Like you're not looking for a campaign game. If you're looking to just like to optimize mm-hmm. lists, you're not looking for usually a campaign thing.
0: Yeah, the necromunda, the brand. Because you're stuck and the with your list. <laughs> like you yeah, brought your list but the, and you're
1: stuck with it for a whole campaign. Exactly. It's not about list. It shouldn't be about listing. If you want it should to be, be more about
0: the, the growth of your team and then also making choices as your team grows, right? That's the entire cool thing about campaigns, right? Or, like we said, grows or dies. So the new version of necromunda is fine as a skirmish game but terrible as a campaign game in my opinion there's just you're just pulling teeth trying to get fun out of that game in my opinion Mm -hmm. and if you just want a cool kind of skirmish thing just play play a different rule set please (laughs) play one that's been play tested play one that's like at least into beta as opposed to in, in some sort of alpha rules or it's just crazy and the crazy thing is the models are amazing. And oh, I yeah. feel like a if lot the of it is okay. I would
1: love like buying more guys doing all the conversions, doing all that. But, mm-hmm. and the cool thing yeah, with the they... version, is that like, if you want to min max, they're like, you must put those weapons on the guy. It's like, <laughs> sure. You want to build some crazy dude with all the selection of weapons. If you're willing to put the work in to build a guy yourself, sure. Try and min max this game.
0: Yeah. It, 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 you can have unlimited weapons in, in the old game, which uh, you can't in the new game, mm-hmm. uh, but in the old game you have unlimited weapons, and they're like okay, so, so sure, you want like so you can run out of ammo, right? So you want like ten backup guns? Sure, go ahead, do it. You just have to model those ten guns in like a long strap along his chest or mm-hmm. something where he just has all the guns. Yeah. So, Which fits into the more
1: like I don't want to call it lax but the just like more mm-hmm. fun
0: thematic yeah like uh yeah I, I i guess just just uh yeah thematic kind of gameplay right where you care more about the experience as opposed to just winning right yeah, it it's in the whole thing with the
1: hiding mechanic and that you're just like all right let's just have like a creative idea here it's like it's about the more like doing something creative in the game and themey versus yeah. like just trying to use your points in the most optimal way possible so
0: yeah, so, yeah, actually, coming out of that, I guess, I think I already said that, so, <laughs> I already said what I think of the new one. So, obviously, I guess, uh, is there anything else before we get to kind of a conclusion, wrap it up? This podcast has been going on quite a while. Apparently, we mm-hmm. have a lot to say about Necromunda,
1: so. I'm not I covered my... My sheet of notes. I got a much bigger sheet this time. I didn't use a notepad sheet. I had to go full size okay. paper. Okay. I had to go full size
0: paper on this bad boy. Okay. So I think we said. I think at least I've said Necromunda, the new one, is. I gotta say it's terrible. I hate it. Uh, for me. So if you like it, don't come at me, bro. Uh, but. Uh, what do we think about the original Necromunda, or at least the community edition version of the of of the original Necromunda?
1: Oh, I think it's decently playable as a campaign game. Like, yeah, I'm okay. I with actually really liked
0: it.
1: Like, unlike so. Stargrave, I feel like the weapons feel futuristic. Whereas when we played Stargrave, I felt like the mechanics didn't feel futuristic. Whereas mm-hmm. this actually feels like it's the future, and the guns have like cool things going on, so I think you run I out like of it. ammo I like it better than stargrave yeah, ammo running out that fits the theme like, mm-hmm. you know.
0: so i i could I can see that i don't I don't know if I love it more than stargrave, but to me, I would rather play Frostgrave than Stargrave because they're very similar games except ones mm-hmm. in space. so I feel like in terms of my I don't know what you call it Panapticon of. I don't know if I'm using that word right, but, like, of games to play, Necromunda would fit into games I would play more Mm -hmm. than Stargrave. Partially because I painted up a bunch of cool miniatures and I made terrain specifically to play Necromunda, and then I hated the 2017 version. So Mm -hmm. I really want... I'm I'm okay in jonesing in some ways to play the original Necromunda because it was fun. It was... You know, it's cleaned up because of the community edition, right? It has interesting things going for it. You've got that cool level enough stuff. Like, everything that I wanted from a Necromunda-like game is there, except for maybe uh, events and long-term campaigns, which I don't think are... Like, like campaigns like in, in Frostgrave kind of thing. But, like, you don't, you don't need that, necessarily need that. Like, because oh, I like just first working for home. Like, a, a campaign with set... Orders of missions, yeah, yeah, rather than yeah, choosing. So missions. I like the idea of Dark Uprising in the the idea where, where it's like mm-hmm. you're you're playing a normal you know Necromunda campaign, but there's like set pieces as certain things are happening in the Hive. Mm-hmm. That portion is cool, but I think if we went over and uh, dug into the the large supplemental material for Necromunda, we could probably find that stuff. It's probably yep. there now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So. It's just, you know, we played the base game, we wanted to try it out to make sh- to see. It's it's basically because I played the the old uh sorry, Necromunda 17 and I was like, this cannot be the game that all of the, you know, all of our friends and stuff were gushing about. This just cannot be like that. And turns out, sure enough, it's not. The original mm-hmm. Necromunda, at least the community edition version that we played, is really it's really good, like uh cleaned up seems pretty streamlined there are more rules like it is not a perfect game like there's in the past 25 years we have in my opinion improved on making games but there's the the original necromunda or at least the cleaned up necromunda is good enough that I would pit it against a lot of modern games and and like you said for you it comes out on top right and against a lot of them so mhm
1: yeah, so I hope we made the point that if you're planning to play a campaign game with your friends and not quit and not have a terrible experience, <laughs> don't play the new version of Necromunda as a campaign yeah. game. If you just want to like, play some pickup yeah. games versus like kill team, maybe you could actually like say, okay, we're gonna play this instead of kill team as some one offs. Yeah. But don't. But you're not looking for a campaign if, you're, if that's the direction you're trying to go.
0: I could totally see preferring <clears throat> Necromunda as a skirmish one-off game versus kill team versus playing kill team. I could can see it being better. Yep, I can see that, but that's sure. not what we're talking about today. That's just like if you're look, <laughs> if you if yeah. you like if you're the playing models it like, and
1: you're willing to yeah. play it as a one-off, you're okay. But if you play think, this
0: version, but the mm-hmm. community edition that you can find on Yak Tribe.
1: It's not even about it being free. Like, the free part doesn't oh, matter. Oh, it's go-
0: free, too! I totally forgot yeah, that! It doesn't even matter. I my go- goals are free. You don't have to pay $100 like I paid, or more than $100, that I paid to play the the new Necromunda to have a bad experience, and then oh, immediately yeah. sell them back to the store. Yeah, but per- go go spend, like, go buy two
1: dollars starter boxes, go buy the $40 They're, they're not $45 upgrade.
0: starter boxes anymore. Oh, maybe Amer- an American. American, yeah,
1: yeah American. Okay. Go do that, like... That's fine. GW put out good products for the miniatures. You can support them yeah. that way, but you don't have to spend the money on their rules. Don't worry
0: about it. Yeah, so I guess if you had to buy the old version of Necromunda models or the new version, which one would you buy? That's not even a question. That's not even worth asking. <laughs> it. Okay, you no, know, some people are like, oh,
1: nostalgia, like all the old stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, so give me good miniatures. I don't care when they came out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so just, just so that, you know. It, People don't think we we just like old stuff. We definitely prefer the new models. They're super good. We're, that's part of the reason why, you know, we bought in and started playing it because the models are amazing. Yeah. They. Yeah. So. All right. So I guess we've made our feelings clear. Play mm-hmm. Necromunda Community Edition, free on Yak Tribe with the new models. So sell your, your 2017 uh, books and just find the free edition of the Community Edition and play that instead. You mm-hmm. will have so much more fun. You will actually be able to play with the awesome new models they're continuing to release. Yep. So,
1: it's overall, overall we're positive. There's there's good things that you can
0: yeah. find on this one. So, overall, would you say Necromunda? What do you think of Necromunda as a whole? Oh, the settings. The- the setting's
1: cool. You'd, and I think because the community edition's become accepted,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it has, like, Yacht Tribe supporting it, which is, like, army building tools and everything, like other games with a community edition, people are like, oh, I don't know, this is kind of, like, weird. Is this how I should really play the game? Because Tribe has yeah. created, like, army builders and made it look so official, I think yeah. you can get people into the community edition, unlike a lot of other, like, game variants out there from the community. Yeah,
0: yeah a lot of the times there might be better versions of the game. Like, I think this is one of the issues with Mordheim. Even though Mordheim has had a resurgence, there is a Broheim site, which honestly is probably part of the reason why Mordheim did get a resurgence, because you can get all the rules for free. Mm-hmm. But Mordheim needs, you know, tuning, because, again, you know, there's stuff that was unbalanced. Uh, and you cannot get those... Uh, well, there's no official, like, community edition version of Mordheim. So everyone has to hand roll their own uh, their own uh, uh, house rules. Mm-hmm. Whereas house rules in Community Edition of Necromunda, from what we played, they're great, very playable. And they even just to like uh, make it a little bit more clear, like uh, they even highlight the changes from the main rules, so you know what the differences are. From the main game. And you can kind of say. Oh well if, if you want to do house rules. Revert it back to the old Necromunda. You can with your group. They even have some other
1: like suggested things. That aren't like written right into the rules. So yeah.
0: yeah so for me I feel like. I'm actually quite. I like Necromunda. Actually quite a bit. If you take the models. And the old fluff. I actually don't even really like the new fluff. But if you take. The rules. Uh, from the old game or the community edition the fluff from the old game and the models from the new game i really like necromunda and i would i'm really considering trying to put it into our rotation of games maybe like once every few years or something like that or maybe you know coming up to see if we can get a group yep all right so that's our review of necromunda uh Yeah, positive. Great. Um, If you, I guess, if you want to uh, look for any resources for Necromunda, you can go to uh, Yak Tribe. Just look it up on Google and you'll get sent to it. It's the only Yak Tribe, I think, online. And then you want to look at the original Necromunda, not Necromunda Underhive. Yeah, I think you
1: have to make an account there
0: to download
1: the the rules and such. If you're looking around for for the links, you've got to make an account to get them.
0: Yeah, but it's free, so create an account, and then look up Yak Tribe Necromunda Community Edition, and you can find all those links to to what we're talking about. And it's free. All right, so that has been our very, very long episode uh, 99 of Dice Over Everything. Apparently, we had a lot of pent-up talking that we had to do. You could play a lot of games in Necromunda
1: in that time, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: true. it Has been it been a year?
1: No, no, in the time of this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you have any questions or comments about Necromunda, uh, you can give us a shout. Uh, email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yep, yeah, or find us on Facebook. or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. I...